And now, it's time to sit back and enjoy the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Broadcast. Five minutes no way! F R E A K! Your ornery, fur barren rebel! Hello, welcome to the Two True Freaks Podcasting Network. This is going to be our roundtable, huge panel review of Star Wars. The Force Awakens, and uh, something we've all been, I think, maybe anticipating for a while now, you know, thinking about possibly planning to go see. This is going to be a spoiler-filled review, as most of them are, and we have a huge cast of characters with us tonight, so let's just all introduce ourselves and do it like that. I'm Scott McGregor, Scott 2.0, as they call me occasionally, and very proud to be uh, on this panel. Um, To my left on the video screen here is Mr. Paul Spataro. How's it going? We have uh, Double Barrel Jackanettis tonight. We've got Jason Jackanetti. How's it going, guys? And Luke Jackanetti. Hey, everybody. Just happy to be here. <laughs> Christopher Tyler, the hair metal hero. X-Wings, dude. X-Wings. X-Wings. Dr. No tonight being played by Gene Hendricks, apparently. <laughs> also known as Darth Gene by some of my role-playing friends. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> And last but certainly not least, Mr. David Atterbury. Hello, friend. How are we all doing? Star Wars geek extraordinaire. You know, next time he posts a picture of his his man cave there and all of his toys, he should also let us know when he goes to work and leave his car <laughs> locked. Yeah, Chris, <laughs> Christmas Day was torture. He's sending me pictures. He's like, look at this, look at this, look at this. I'm like, oh, man. <laughs> we all, all of us just simply weep quietly. That's all it is. <laughs> I'm happy with my remote control BB 8. That's all I need. Just my little <laughs> cat chasing toy. Um, but anyway, so wow, guys. Um, you know, let's begin at the beginning, I guess. We'll go around about the same order and kind of give our five minute review, if that's even possible. Um, and then I think we're going to go through like basically the, the kind of the chronological order of the plot and uh, then we can kind of veer off into other subjects like what we loved or didn't love about characters, the spaceships, um, battles in general, you know, what it's like seeing the old trio again uh, and even discuss if we think there are any plot holes because we nerds love to do that. So why don't we start Mr. Spataro tonight and just uh, all yours, Paul. All right. Well, I've I've become accustomed to being the uh, the counterbalance to you guys and having the uh, the negative opinion to your positive ones, but I I think I'm ha- very happily handing that over to Gene tonight, and uh, my opinion is pretty solid on this one. I'm as we sit here right now, I'm a week uh, gone from having seen it and looking forward to going to see it again in the next couple of days. Uh, after I saw it, I sat down, I thought about it a lot. I could guarantee you I had a lot more nitpicks on the negative end than on the positive end. But the biggest positive I had is that it, in my mind, really had the feel of the original trio of episodes. And that was enough for me to make this a very, very positive experience. The negatives, there's some plot points that I uh, that I question. Some some 
points that were extremely, and I mean extremely, derivative of the past films. And that's a little bit of a problem. But as soon as I just let myself go, I enjoyed the movie. I thought the casting was excellent. Uh, I thought Harrison Ford, we talk about the trio. I thought Harrison Ford was great. Carrie Fisher was negligible and... And, and 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 we only saw Luke at the for, for such a short period of time. Yeah. I can't even judge him in it. But overall, I I give the movie a big thumbs up. I really really enjoyed it, and I'm looking forward to seeing it again. And I'm not going to go into too much detail now because I want to let it let the conversation flow once we start discussing the movie. So I'll pass it on to the next guy. Sounds good, uh, Mr. Jason Jacanetti. Why don't you continue for us? Okay, so um, I went opening night first show 3D IMAX which are uh, words you very rarely ever hear me say about any movie because I, I dislike people. Uh, I have a hard time with 3D over my glasses. And now, now when, one, let me interject one thing. He dislikes people, teaches for a living. Ah, yes. Yeah. Yes. That's why. I teach so. high school. Yes, that, that, that is why I probably dislike people as much as I do. I let truly hate look- flow. It is true. Uh, I usually like seeing movies at like 10 o'clock on a Sunday morning when everyone's either drunk, asleep, or in church uh, because you know the people who are at the movies are the ones who don't like people also and they ain't going to talk to you. So um, sitting in a movie theater that is absolutely packed to the gills, um, the party I was with uh, is my buddy who uh, uh, Franco who works for DC and uh, Marvel and, and, and Dark Horse and all them, and then the guy who runs Archie Comics and he's like it's just a kind of a weird group of us all sitting together. But I'm the smallest one there at you know. <laughs> Five, ten, three hundred pounds. So, uh, and in that group, I'm kind of crushed in. And then, I'll be honest with you: is all of those things, right? Whether opening night, a lot of people, all those things that for me make my, me not like going to the movies, didn't matter once I got the glasses fixed. So I could actually see in 3D because um, that's always an issue with my glasses. Uh, I loved it. Uh, I mean, I know some some people don't really feel that the 3D added much. To me, um, as someone who doesn't, doesn't see a lot of movies in 3D, I felt like the depth of field was real good. Uh, it kind of brought some of those things really, like, it kind of, you know, punched in. Some of the things you see in the trailer, you know, originally, just when Ray is salvaging stuff, um, you get that real depth of how big this, the scope is, and that's part of the IMAX as well. Um, as for overall with the, the, the movie itself... Um, there, I I did not actually see. I mean, going in, kind of had an idea where we're, things were going. Mm-hmm. Everything I thought was going to happen happened. There was no surprises to me, and and that's kind of better for me, being as like I'm like, all right, there's nothing here that's too shocking. Um, you know, the 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 twist, worst twist I saw. Um, I like that they didn't give away everything. Mm-hmm. I think that was one of the complaints. Some people had said, even some of my students especially, they were complaining. like, they didn't tell us who this is. They didn't tell us about this. They didn't tell us about that. And I'm like, it's, there's, you know, there's other movies coming. And they look at me like, yeah, but I need to know. And I'm like, I think that's part of the issue yeah, is that we have a, you know. I'm saying this instant gratification generation that is all around us. Tell like, your kids need to go to back be- and Google old, you know, serials in movies and why there's oh. cliffhangers at the ends of things. Yep. Okay, I'm going to be honest with you. If I told my <laughs> students to go Google serials, they'd be like, Mr. J, I know what cereals I eat for breakfast. <laughs> yes. See, that's, they, are, they are not the brightest bunch in the ball. You know, and the you know, worst part is 
not all my kids are really dumb. It's just they don't get it. They don't kind of see that. So when I'm talking with them and I'm and I'm trying not to like I know some of the kids want to just tell you I'm like it's okay, calm down. Think about what you want to say before you say it. You know, come to an idea. And um in the theater where we're in, I had uh several former students were in there because the theater we were at is the only one that you would go to that's worth seeing it at. And kids who I've actually known for years, kids who are in their you know, late 20s who I've had, you know, I had almost 10 years ago, they're saying to me, oh, my God, Mr. J, I totally get this. I understand because that was one of the things when they were students of mine and we would talk about things or whatever. I was like, you guys need to go and watch these kind of movies and understand. Yeah. So cool. and it's hard. I got to admit, though, uh, uh, looking back at the way, like, again – I, I was not born when Star Wars happened. Uh, I was too young to see Empire, but I remember seeing Jedi, and I remember being that like, oh my god, this is going to be so amazing. And I was all of what uh, that's eighty three, five years old. Um, so you know, kind of thing. So it's that crazy feeling mm-hmm. going into here. I'm not a star. I'm be honest with you guys. I like Star Wars, but I'm not a huge Star Wars fan. It's not like any, and not that, not that I'm a Star Trek fan either, kind of thing. You know, what I'm saying like those kind of things aren't the things that I'm as into right, as right. other things. And I think someone who could go in and kind of seen the original trilogy could appreciate this film. Yeah, good, good to have that perspective. Let's move on to the hair metal. Hero. Yeah, 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 hair metal That's hero. That's me. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. um, <clears throat> seen it twice. I enjoyed the hell out of it both times. Uh, whatever nitpicks I have are super nitpicky. Uh, I just had fun with it both times. Uh, love the new cast. If that's who we're going to be following for the, you know, for the majority of the remainder of this trilogy, or it might not even be a trilogy. Who knows? Uh, I'm incredibly pleased. I uh, it felt like Star Wars to me. Um, I am not a prequel basher either. I enjoy the prequels quite a bit. Uh, they made some decisions in those that I would not have made, but hey, wasn't my money. Uh, that being said, I eagerly await whatever uh, Disney and Lucasfilm and whoever is running this whole gig now decides to give me because uh, it delivered in terms of what I wanted. It was uh, really wasn't about plot with this one. It was about here's the new characters, here's the old characters, and let's set the stage and it was about, doesn't feel like Star Wars. That's what it was about to a lot of people, I think. It felt like Star Wars to me <laughs> quite a bit. Uh, yeah, and I am not a J.J. hater or a J.J. bum kisser either. Uh, so it really wasn't, um, I didn't really even look at it as a J.J. Abrams film. But I look at it as a Star Wars film. And uh, I got well, what I wanted. Listen, it. trying to be all PG-13 and shit, guys. What the fuck? It was awesome. Uh, no, I really, I really did have a great time with it. Um, I, anything that they want to slide our way now, cinematically, I'm, I'm right on board with. So I'll keep it short and sweet to that, and we can get into specifics later. Luke Giaconetti, take it. All right. Well, uh, I saw the film in a 2D presentation with my wife. Um, 3D doesn't work with my glasses because I wear bifocals. I've tried it; it just breaks around it. So to me, that it just—it's not—it's yeah. not even an option. Um, as my brother said, you know, he was five when Jedi came out. I was three, so I did not see Jedi in the theater. But I remember, uh, and I said this on back on the Return of the Jedi show that 
when I would ask my dad that I wanted to watch Star Wars, uh, he, I, he would put on Star Wars and I would be upset because I really wanted to watch Return of the Jedi. So I, I understand the, the excitement about it and how something just fascinates you. I've got a lot of memories from early childhood of Jabba's Palace and the Ewoks and that kind of stuff. So, so when, when, the, when the prequels came out, when episode one came out, I was, I was like, uh, you know, like a pig in slop. I was super excited. And I really like the prequels. I'm not a prequel basher either. I've never been that way. Yeah, they're not perfect, but no movie's perfect. So when this came around, I was really excited for it. I still, and uh, you know, just like I was for the prequels, and I wasn't disappointed at all. This movie delivered pretty much everything I was expecting. Uh, I think in a lot of ways, and I'll get into this more, it's kind of the anti-prequel, and I think that's by mm-hmm. design. Oh, yeah. Uh, but I had an absolute blast. I uh, love all the new characters getting introduced and we really get a feel for them, but they don't, you know, give us info dump after info dump or anything on them. Uh, you know, lets the story play out on its own pace. We really, you know, get a good feel for them. Everyone is visually very cool. Uh, loving just looking at even just merchandise and toys and stuff like that for what they're doing with all these new visuals that we have to play with here in the Star Wars universe. It, uh, it brings it, like Hero said, it really captures the feel of Star Wars, especially the original trilogy. And not the most original work ever, but you know what? Neither was Star Wars. As someone who watched, uh, you know, the Buck Rogers and Flash Gordon serials, you can see where the influence is. Well, this is the same kind of thing, except now we're referring back to the original trilogy rather than Buster Crab, you know? And, uh, yeah, I said, I've seen it the one time. I'm champing at the bit to see it again. Don't know when that's going to happen, but, uh, Really enjoyed it, had a blast, and the sign of a good movie, I think, is when, after the show, when my wife and I were driving back to go pick the kids up, we were still talking about it. And the whole drive back home, we were still talking about it. And the next day, we were still talking about it. And, a cu- and a, 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 yes, earlier today, we were still talking about it. Mm-hmm. So clearly, it made an impact, and it stuck in my brain, and it really was a, a good time, and I really enjoyed it. Thank you, sir. Um, I'm not sure how to really... Do we put Dr. No at the end? No, I'll go right in order here. Gene Hendricks? <laughs> don't mean to keep calling you Dr. No, man. <laughs> you, I'm, you, I'm not, you gave I'm us not, a preeminent warning that you were maybe not going to be the most positive about this. So, uh, well, that's... I'm not, I'm not going to be super negative mm-hmm. overall. My, I, I've seen this movie twice. I saw it once on my own on the 18th. Uh, and then I just saw it this past Saturday again with my wife, my daughter, and my sister. The first time I had some minor problems, I had some major problems, and I had some major good stuff. Uh, the, and then the second time I went... I, Seeing everything online, seeing everyone saying, oh, I love it, oh, Star Wars is alive again, etc., I felt... Like I missed something. I felt like, for lack of a better term, and as Two True Freaks podcast, I felt like Scott Gardner. <laughs> yeah. Where I felt like I wasn't clicking with something. So the second viewing, I went in again with an open mind. Okay, what did I not see? And I came away with the exact same feeling. My review of the movie is it's all right. It's not great. It's not horrible. It's all right. So I still feel this little disconnect. Listen to all what you guys are saying. And maybe some of my problems may you may tell me, oh, no, you're wrong because and OK, we'll we'll talk about it. But overall, I would say 
on the positive side, yes, it does feel like Star Wars. And I thought that it was a wonderful vehicle for Harrison Ford. He did an amazing job in the movie. As, as Paul stated, uh, Carrie Fisher was there and Mark Hamill wasn't. Yeah. So it, it, you can't really talk about the original trio being in the movie unless it's Han... Leia and Chewie, but you know we'll get into specifics later. But there were just there were two major problems I had. One of them is a story point. The other one is a JJism and mm-hmm. being an outspoken. I don't like what he did to my Star Trek right. person. <laughs> I. I try not to be a JJ hater, but I just see something there. And it's like, you idiot, don't do that. <laughs> it's hard not to bring that bias into this. You know, it was, it was kind of after what we saw what he did with into darkness. It was, it added an extra layer of anxiety to him taking star Wars. Didn't it for everyone? Yeah. I mean, I know I a lot of our group it, didn't yeah. like, didn't like into darkness all that much. But <laughs> well, I'm, anyway. I'm not the into darkness hater. So, right. Right. Uh, yeah, I, I had my apprehensions about J.J. anyway, though, because I wasn't yeah. sure what he was going to do. Uh, I wasn't sure if he was going to recreate that original feel. I, in fact, I had my doubts that he would. But uh, I don't want to get into it too much because I'm yeah. stepping on your five right, my, my bad, Gene. Go. Hell, no problem. Uh, but actually, that brings me around to the last point I want to make. And that's some people have been saying it's a copy of Star Wars. Not... I mean, there are similarities, yes. What it is, is just another version of the hero's journey. Mm -hmm. And if you watch, uh, Joseph Campbell had a few lecture series that were videotaped. And this is a guy big in uh, mythology and and so forth. I believe it was the Hero of a Thousand Faces lecture series. That he actually takes in one lecture and goes on Star Wars and how it is the quintessential hero's journey. Well, if you're going to do that in a movie set in that same universe, of course, it's going to look like Star Wars. Which talk about, you know, a meta universe, because that was, you know, Campbell was basically one of Lucas's big inspirations for Star Wars in the first place. So. Right. And that's, <laughs> that, yeah, it came came right back around. So yeah. I, I can't support the argument that it is, it's just Star Wars all over again. Because it really, it's similar, but it's not the same thing because of some of the different story points that are in it. And I'm going to, anything more I say is going to get into detail, so I'm going to leave it there. And Dave, you can bring the room back up. Yeah, bring us back into the light, Dave. (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, uh, I'll just keep it brief. I mean, I've seen the movie three times now, uh, once in 3D, um, the took the family to it and they wanted to see it twice. Um, I think for me now, um, as uh, I'm approaching the big 4-0 in age and having uh, grew up myself on the original... Uh, Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm the oldest in my family. um, uh, Adopted in, actually, to my family. And so I took my little brothers. When they were about the same age, I got an original trilogy. I took them to see the prequels. And then now I've taken my own kids uh, about the same age to to this movie. 
and um, uh, my brothers liked the prequels more than I did. That was kind of their Star Wars, and I can see how my kids um, have really embraced this new movie and made it their Star Wars. Well, Dave, we're actually losing your mic, at least on my end, pretty badly. Um, but mm-hmm. same, same here. Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah no, just maybe good. shift or something. Better now. <laughs> Not by much. Not by maybe much. just. All right. Let me see something else fast. Hold on. I can get a different one. Oh, sorry, guys. Ah. actually works through with this earlier. Let me try something real fast. Okay, Scott, here's where you cut in the cantina band. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Play that same song! We do the new uh, reggae cantina band. How's that? Oh, much better. Yeah, go for it, man. Much better? We got most of you. I mean, you just kind of trailed off at the end there a little bit. but Okay. Sorry. Do it all over if you want, or just you know wrap up or whatever. <laughs> um, yeah, so for me... Um, I think for this, though, I, I have to say, and it's okay, I can take the heat for it, I like this better than the prequels. Um, mm-hmm. I really did like the prequels. Um, but I came away from this movie just enjoying it overall more, just having a, a, an, an, an instant life to it and love. Um, I didn't have any broader moments that I came away with. Each prequel movie had moments that I kind of immediately retconned out of my own head mm-hmm. because I just couldn't. They just took me out of the movie or whatever. So, um, but anyways, yeah. Overall, and we'll get into all the details later. But uh, uh, I like this movie a lot. I like the, that it's the first. It felt like the first uh, piece in a new tapestry, like the first thread, if you will, to, mm. uh, to the Star Wars cinematic universe that's going to be built on it. And I, um, like I said earlier, I like the fact that not all the questions were answered. That this was really just a lot of setup, and and just kind of. A, throwing us back into the Star Wars universe. Our prequel droid tonight is played by Dave Atterbury. Captain, take them to Camp 4. Roger, roger. <laughs> uh, hey, uh, I just want to jump in real quick with something that Dave just said. That Dave said, I'll take the heat for it, but I like this better than the prequels. And yeah, I don't it, think he's going to feel a lot of heat. <laughs> no, no. It, well, is, is there anyone in the room who liked the prequels better than this? No. 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 But, but, but what I'm, what I'm getting. I at mean, is like, in ways, but I've I've seen this a lot. Not not so much in like the Two True Freaks group, but I've seen it elsewhere on Facebook and elsewhere online, uh, where people feel the need to either bash the prequels in order to elevate this film, or to apologize for liking the prequels. And to me, I think that's really missing the point. All I'm all I'm saying is is that. You know something that and and uh, and I talked about this a little bit um, on a, a Chris Honeywell made a post on on his Facebook talking about you know uh, not not having this going on. You know Star Wars is a is a pop culture phenomenon and it has been since before I was born. And what you like or don't like and why you like it or why you don't like it, for the love of God, don't apologize for it. If you come to your opinion honestly, if you like what you like about Star Wars, don't let some nerd on the internet bully you into being chilled out and the chilling effect of not being able to voice your opinion. And this is not specifically about The Force Awakens, but I feel that I've seen this because I've seen a lot of people jumping on The Force Awakens and saying, well, Star Wars is finally back. And if you don't agree with that, well, we don't want to hear what you have to say. So I, I, for one, welcome everybody's expression of opinion, good, bad, middle of the road, or otherwise. 
And and I and I just wanted to say that because uh, Dave, you made me think of that when you said that. You know, never apologize for having an opinion about a movie. Never apologize for that, especially something that I feel belongs to everyone. Star Wars is not something that only belongs to the hardcore Star Wars nerds. Star Wars belongs to the world because it is that massively popular and that much part, especially here in America, of our pop culture makeup. So if if you if you I mean I like I said I honestly like all seven of the Star Wars movies. The only one I was kind of cool on was the Clone Wars movie. I liked the series, but the movie was kind of iffy. But, uh, you know, so nobody be afraid to voice an opinion or think that I'm going to get chilled out of the conversation because I don't share their opinion. Can I hear a Chewbacca amen from the peanut gallery? (laughs) I mean, I I couldn't agree with you more, Luke, but it's not just this. It's it's everything. Absolutely. And and one thing I got to say, you know, I don't want to get all, uh, you know, into this too much, but I think with our group, we do welcome the varying opinions because I've been on enough of these panels where everybody loved the movie and I was saying, eh, <laughs> and, and right. nobody ever made me feel like that was a problem. Yeah, And, and then there have been movies that were the reverse of that. Yeah, but I mean, I, I think you're absolutely right, Paul. The, the Two True Freaks group, I think we, pre- we have so many varying opinions and point of views on things that I think we've all kind of come to that, to that place. But not everyone is like that, you know. So don't let some, you know, either way, p- bashers or lovers of The Force Awakens, don't let somebody else's opinion influence yours unless it's a reasoned, thought-out explanation. You know, it's like the argument clinic. Don't just say, no, you're wrong. No, it isn't. No, it isn't. You know, <laughs> and Dave, don't let him bully you. No. Don't, don't let him bully you into having your own opinion either. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can go along if with us. Proud. Yeah. If well, you want to be a lemming, uh, it is your uh, choice. I'm going to have to stop you guys from bullying me from doing my review, if that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, we don't, don't want to hear your review, review man. Yeah, actually, yeah. I don't know what more I can add to it. Uh, I'm, <laughs> I'm probably. That's where we started. I'm probably more on the cynical side of the spectrum, kind of where Gene is, but I think a lot of my problems were just, you know, plot points that I would have, you know, as everything I see, I, I would have maybe wrote that a little differently, not my decision. So I, I did try to just let myself get taken away by it, and um, I think I was able to leave more of my baggage at the door in the second viewing and just uh, just go with it. Um Overall, I mean, it, it's this generation's episode four, and just that by itself is an amazing thing, that this little nerd property that we all adore, you know, back from 1977, and I luckily was one of the people that got to see it uh, in 1977, that alone <laughs> brings a certain amount of baggage and bias to seeing a Star Wars movie when you're 46. Um, but yeah, I think I, I, I loved it and, uh, you know, I was, I was able to be taken away by it and, and I appreciate what JJ did with it and it could have gotten a lot worse. One of my pros is, uh, there could have been more lens flare. One of my cons <laughs> is there was lens flare. Um, but you know, those are forgivable and we had to expect it. I think it's probably one of the best possible outcomes we could have gotten for an episode seven, um, in this day and age. And I'll kind of leave it at that, and we'll get into the meat of things here directly. So, where should we begin? Let's kind of do the the chronological. You know, obviously, I don't think we need to recount the story for people at this point, because if you're listening, you've seen it, or you want to be spoiled. So, um, But we'll try to keep it kind of in the timeline of the movie. Obviously, we open a beautiful kind of space shot, as we we have grown accustomed to in Star Wars movies, right after the crawl. I got to say that... 
I don't know what expectations I had for the crawl, the scroll, but uh, it was great. I thought it was, you know, just it was so classic Star Wars that it just, you know, gave you enough of the the story to catch you up. And there's a lot of story to catch up on, and that's kind of one of my cons. But uh, what your general feelings about the uh, the words in the beginning? And did your mustaches disappear like mine does when that thing hits the screen? <laughs> 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 I've been I was a little disappointed house. that we didn't hear about the trade embargoes and all sorts of uh, geopolitical science. That's it's like got chapters and stuff. It's like the scroll, chapter one. Mm-hmm. It's like you're reading. You know, no, you know what I what I liked about the the scroll. Like you said, it, it gives you just enough information to get started, and that's kind of like the uh, like the unwritten rule. I think of this movie. <laughs> it's just enough to let you get by, yeah. but. Uh, I like that you could take that and put it on the back of my, you know, Force Awakens Resistance Trooper action figure card, and it would be exactly the same definition because the 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 they've done this with the merch. They've avoided spoilers in the merchandise a lot, and except when they release the toys early, and uh, and that's what that was. It it didn't it didn't give you the whole farm. It gave you enough to say, oh, geez, okay, because I avoided any spoiler I could. So Luke Skywalker is missing. You know, it's not. It's a period of kind of cold warfare, and it's like, okay, yeah. that's really cool. I'm I'm excited to see this now because I I you know now you finally told me what your story's about because well, your advertising didn't tell me what your story was about. Yeah, you know? which is which is better. I, you know, I, I like agree. going in this like relatively spoiler free. I read a lot of the theories, which I probably shouldn't have. Um, <laughs> some of them panned out, and some of them didn't. Um, Paul, it's funny you mentioned the the Trade Federation and. I was actually thinking about that while reading this scroll. It's like, well, this is the one that should actually be really complicated. You know, this is where we've got 30 years to make up for. Um, yeah, but, but you don't want to make up the 30 years in <laughs> no, the scroll. No. Right. You, 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 want, you want the story to do it for you. And, and, I mean, it didn't really give you a whole lot of background of what's been going on, but you didn't need a lot. Did the original Star Wars either? It's a period of Civil War. Go. Yeah, yeah, no, and that's what yeah. they went back to, and I think it was definitely the right call on their part. Um, I, I think the first line kind of just did it. Luke Skywalker is missing. Yeah, because they, yeah, the better, the best one started out like that, just a bold statement, and we've got our echo back. Well, and let's face it, they know now that we're going to demand, and they're going to provide us EU books, novels, comics to fill in as much detail as we can possibly handle. So That's one of my cons. Somebody remind me to get into that later. <laughs> yeah, but so the, so they don't really have to sweat a lot of that in the movies, and it gives it that. I think it gave the movie that kind of. It didn't get bogged down in exposition. Yeah, that's that's, that's that's very 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 true. There weren't a lot when there was exposition. Oh, I'm getting the, I'm getting yeah, yeah, yeah. Somebody have speakers on? I mean, nope. I have speakers on, but they've never created an echo. No, it's I mean, gone. I've, re- I've recorded like this many, many times. Yeah, no, I don't think it's you, Paul. Weird, I don't know. It could be my yeah. messed up setup here, too. We're good now, though. Continue. But, but I, I, never, I never felt like they beat you. <laughs> we'll edit around it. We should get it in post. <laughs> Fuck it, we'll do it live. <laughs> if we do it live. I forgot who was talking. Yeah. I was, I was oh, saying how they, they never really beat us over the head with the exposition in the movie. And that, that was that was a huge plus because that gets really tiresome really fast when they do that. And the way they actually did get any exposition out seemed natural. Uh, the oh Han Solo, he, the smuggler? No, the 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 rebellion general, the war hero. 
You know, it's uh, okay. Yeah. They don't know who he is, and then they go into, yeah, this is this is what I, we think happened to Luke. And always remember, if it's in capital letters, it's really important in the yeah, right. Star Wars <laughs> scroll. <laughs> so, yeah, the the opening crawl did just what it was supposed to do. It set up, okay, this is this is the plot point. This is the general situation of the galaxy. Have fun. Yeah. Pretty much. And then we're we're given kind of a new perspective, you know. Bam, right into a little, you know, a, a basically some dropships with a bunch of stormtroopers going to battle, and very. I don't think we've really ever seen a scene like that in Star Wars from kind of the point of view of the enemy, which you know, obviously, we're in there for Finn's point of view, and he was not the enemy, as far as we and know. Before and before we get <clears throat> to the dropships. Anyone else get a real strong Empire Strikes Back vibe seeing the big Ooh, Star Destroyer with yeah. the little stuff shooting out of it? Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. Because yeah. that was my first. So it's like, oh, they must be sending out probes. And then we see it's, it's, it's flying. It's like, oh, no, that's a, that's a, that's a dropship like, like from the prequels, like from the Clone Wars is what it made me think of. So I thought that was really clever because immediately I'm, I'm, my mind goes back to Empire. But then when I see what it is, that there's, that there's stormtroopers lined up on that dropship, it's like, okay, that's just like the clone troopers did in Attack of the Clones and in every episode ever of Clone Wars. So it, it really it, it brought me right into the Star Wars milieu right there. Even though, as you say, Scott, it's something we've never seen before, this uh, strong point of view from, you know, we, we got a strong point of view from the Empire in Empire Strikes Back between Vader and, uh, you know, the, the members of the, the officers of the different ships and stuff. Mm -hmm. But now we're really seeing it from a, a bug's eye view, right on the ground, like you say. It's actually kind of the opposite of the opening of Star Wars, where we're on the blockade runner, we see the rebel troops getting ready, right. and then suddenly the stormtroopers are there. Here, we're seeing the stormtroopers on their way to get what they consider are rebels. And all they're set up, you know, okay, this is where they're at, this is how the, the dropship's working, and so it's, it's flipped. You know, it's more or less the same thing, it's just flipped your perspective. Yeah, I thought it was a good narrative call. It was it was striking, but it was very effective and good introduction to Finn. You know, even though we didn't know we were looking at Finn yet, well, we did if we had seen a trailer or read anything. But I mean, well, it was nice that the stormtroopers weren't uh, chomped this time either. Right. Yeah. Really, they seemed to be a lot more, a lot better uh, trained, and they seemed a lot scarier. I thought. Yeah, they didn't shy away from, like, the brutality of battle in this, you know. It, it, a lot of it in the original trilogy, you know, was, could have been considered maybe cartoonish, you know. And there's no, it's the first time we've seen, like, a stormtrooper bleed, I guess you could say. Mm. Um, you know, usually they just what? get hit in the armor and there's a puff of smoke and flame and, and they're down. But, you know, this we get to see, you know, uh, a bloody hand scrape across one of his comrades' helmets. And that was a... Yeah. Interesting, you know, very visceral <laughs> image to put into a Star Wars movie, I guess. Well, the, Even the, though the war bloody... is right there in the name, you know, you kind of really felt it for the first time, I think. A lot more effective than chopping up battle droids is, I guess, what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, the the bloody hand across the uh, the mat, that, that uh, brought me back to, I don't know if any of you have read Death Troopers, yeah. the one with the, with the zombies and stuff. It definitely looks mm -hmm. a lot like that cover. Um mm -hmm. The thing too, with what uh, when they're when in the dropship kind of scene, if you think, uh, I mean, again, you know, it's 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 uh, uh, it actually reminded me of more of like Starship Troopers, 
uh, yeah. when, they're, when they're dropping an alien planet. Um, kind of a little bit of aliens, but aliens are a little different. Or kind of more uh, Edge of Tomorrow, the one with Tom Cruise where he keeps dying and coming back. Uh, you know, kind of a little different. I think what the difference is too, when you see uh, the troopers, when they, when they, you know, you're looking at them there, you're like, okay, when they get to the planet, you're seeing uh, what the, the change is there. Where again, the, the, you know, they make a very big point about, they take these as, as children, they're trained their entire lives. This is what they're born to, they're bred to do is to kill, you know, kind of thing to do without, without hesitation, without mercy. Uh, you know, where it, when, when Finn doesn't fire, you know, uh, when he's supposed to, it it's so like, okay, like, I mean, clearly you can, you start to see, you can kind of start seeing that he, when he sees somebody die, it's just, it just snaps him out of it. But um, they are truly not your father's stormtroopers, put it that way. You know what I'm saying? So, um, yeah, I, I think it does a very, very good job of, oh, go ahead, go ahead. No, no, please go ahead. All I was going to say is just building on, on what Jay said, by having them wipe out that village and also bringing in the flame troopers, and I'm always a sucker for specialized troops like that. Sure. That's yeah. one of the oh, toys yeah. I'm looking for is the flame trooper. <laughs> but by showing them just gunning down the civilians, it, like you, you said, or I think it was you said this, Scott, that now they're, they're not just, they, they have a better shot, they're better trained. That, to me, establishes them as a threat. Because the idea of stormtroopers, we all like stormtroopers. I mean, we're Star Wars fans, but they're kind of goofy. Like you say, they, they the guy bumps his head on the door. Yeah. They they get shot and they fall down. But when they're wearing armor, uh, they they can't hit the broadside of a barn. But these guys are they, these are a professional army that they go in there and they wipe out this this village. So now it's like, okay, these guys mean business. At least that that's the feeling I get with it. And like you were saying, Jay, now. When, when Finn doesn't fire, it's a simple thing. It's a simple thing from a narrative perspective. It's not, um, and again, I'm going to sound like a bash in the prequels, but I'm not. It's not, oh, well, because of this and this uh, this influence from this, and if I do this, it doesn't. No, it's like, well, I don't think it's right. It's something very basic about that. So, yeah. Go on, David. I think I cut you off. Oh, no, I was going to say, uh, the, I like the World War II imagery of it, too. The dropships were very much... You know, the way they opened up to the front, very much, you know, invasion of Normandy and that, mm -hmm. that World War II iconic, you know, uh, iconography, I, I, I can't even say that word right now, but the way that that, that kind of theme that comes through with the First Order uh, through the whole movie, their, their sleek uniforms, their sleek new Stormtrooper designs, everything, um, uh, I, I love the look of the First Order. It's a great update to the to the classic design of the Empire. We got Space Hitler in this one. <laughs> yeah. Yes, we do. <laughs> Did, uh, including Hitler. a nice Kyle at the end of the theme. Like they really needed to do that to, the, to you know, hammer the point home. But yeah, we got full Space Hitler definitely. <laughs> Did the bloody handprint uh, give anybody else a flashback to the Wrath of Khan? A little bit. Mm. A little bit. Warp speed. Uh, you know what? And I got another point to make that for a little bit of the uh, Wrath of Khan influence, but I'll, I'll save that for later in the <laughs> the storyline. I definitely liked also too that Kat, uh, when Phasma gets off, uh, I mean she's clearly, you know, like I mean there's there's definitely that you can see there's, um, you know, she this is her her crew, yeah. and they are she looks at it she is no joke. Now I know they didn't do much with her in this movie, and clearly she's going to be around <laughs> later. 
You know what I'm saying? Because Unless they put she turns a lot out of marketing. to be the Boba Fett of this trio. <laughs> you know what though, the thing is, though? I mean, well, okay, if we want to go there, I truly believe that she's going to be the, I mean, to speed the Boba Fett, she's, she's going to be somehow in their lineage. She That's already has, you know, as many lines, pretty much. So, well, <laughs> yeah. But what I'm saying is, I'm saying she's going to be like, you know, I mean, I don't mean she's Boba Fett, as in she's not in the movies, but everyone thinks she's super cool. What I mean is, she's going to be, um, what the hell, one of them. She's like, she's going to be a, a descendant of a a Mandalorian. Again, a Mandalorian. Thank you. Yeah. Right? That's what she's going to be. She's going to be that, and and I, I get a feeling not. she's going to be way more. But I, I, I got a feeling she is because she's – and I don't necessarily mean that she's like the bounty hunter. But when you saw – and again, I'm, and I'm not trying to – Boba Fett has so little to do in the original trilogy, but he became so popular that when they did the prequels, they wanted to make Jango Fett in there. You know, like, oh, we can make him cool because yeah, – I don't it, really think that was the, a great call on their other part. No, but I don't, Boba, I don't Boba Fett's popularity preceded his appearance in the movie anyway. Right. His, his popularity actually started when they, re- when they released his action figure before Empire Strikes Back even came out. In the holiday yeah. special. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, that too. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's, I, uh, I mean, but, uh, that, that even uh, goes even to Akbar. That's one of the reasons Akbar is as popular as he is, because his toy was the early release from Jedi. Mm-hmm. So you yes. build that, yes. that mystique. And with, and with Phasma, she's got such a great look, but like you say, she doesn't have much to do. I mean, the, yeah. the logical conclusion is that, I mean, she, the, the actress whose name I don't have in front of me, I'm sorry. Gwendolyn Christie. She, Gwendolyn Christie has signed on for the next one. She is coming back, so Phasma will play a role in, in the but next she's film. Not dead. Right, you know, well, that's, that's the, what I'm saying. So, so you, can, you, you can speculate in a lot of directions. You know, could she be, have something to do with, with the, the, the Mandalorians or the clone army? Could she, could she become... You know, the person who is now obsessed with finding Finn because that was one of her boys yeah, that I'm screwed sure all this crap up. Yeah. Let's well, say his character I mean, speculation for a little down the road here. Yeah. Um, ah, we're, 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 this is what we do, man. We speculate. <laughs> I was just saying, so we're trying to order. It's the yeah, first right. order here, guys. We need to be organized. <laughs> now, I wanted to say something about uh, another character near that time frame of the, uh, the movie that... Um, we kind of skipped over, and I was looking forward to, you know, and I read the press releases that Max von Sydow was going to be in the movie, and they were being really mysterious about who he was going to be, and then we see him for five minutes, and he gets killed, and I'm just wondering if there's a lot on the cutting room floor from that, because why do you do Max von Sydow for that part? I'm thinking we may be seeing him in flashbacks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'm feeling we might see a lot of. I'm hoping they don't go to that trope a lot because it's not really a Star Wars thing. But yeah, there's there's a lot. It seems that there's definitely something to his character. I know the Star Wars dot com data data bank was updated on the 18th, and mm-hmm. it mentioned that his character was a part of the Church of the Force. Okay. So I think they definitely have some. Again, some of those EU seeds are being planted. Yeah. Well, character. even the call said see, he's uh, an old ally of. Of Leia's, and he knows she, you know, she's royalty to him, not a, you know, not a general. So I mean, yeah, I was racking my brain to be like, who could this guy be? Because we never really got to meet a lot of Leia's Alderaan friends. Obviously, <laughs> um, I can see three three possibilities for him. One is that we're going to see more of him, even though he's already dead in in the next couple of movies, or he could even be a Force ghost at that point because he seemed to be fully familiar with the Force. Yeah. yeah. Uh, two would be maybe we're going to see his character. 
in one of the offshoot movies, maybe by a different actor at some point. Right. Or three, Max von Sydow just wanted to be in the movie and wanted a small part. Yeah, and you don't say no to him. Yeah, no. Yeah, really. <laughs> he's got a he's got a strong lineage now of sending heroes on their way. Conan, yeah. Judge yeah. Dredd, yeah, Poe. <laughs> he's the first actor ever to play Jesus and the devil. <laughs> yeah, and let's yeah. just say, I mean, that like his scene with Poe. I mean, I don't know about you guys. I, from the minute uh, he was on the screen, Poe just looked like he was having the time of his life, and I I really dug his character. Yeah, yeah, me too. Um, yeah. And not he, enough of him in this movie. I, I, I want to see a lot more of Poe Dameron, definitely. Yeah, he's yeah, him, like him I'm sure we're going to see a lot more of in the next movie. Yeah, he, he's the new Han Solo. He's he's the guy that doesn't take it quite seriously. Yeah. and so but See, you know, I, I didn't get that impression at all. I got that he was serious about it. He's just like, look, <laughs> this is what we got to do. Let's go do it. Yeah, well, no, yeah, I'm, yeah. I mean specifically in that opening scene where he's looking at Kylo yeah. Ren. Okay, do you talk now? Do I talk now? Yeah. He's he's very he's, serious, he's a smart but he's a ass. Yeah, he's, he's, well, he's, he, yeah. he's willing to, to say, okay, we're going to go do this, but I'm uh, that's just weird. I'm going to point out that it's weird. I think that's kind him of, saying, I'm not afraid of you. I don't give a shit yeah, what you do. Yeah. yeah. He kind yeah. of made me think a little bit of like Dolph Ziggler. It's not, it's not showing off if you can back it up kind of thing. That's right. <laughs> you know, he's cocky, but he's really good. I, and I'm, I don't mean that as a joke. I mean, you know, yeah. it's like, it's like, yeah, I'm, he's kind he's got a little bit of a jerk ass to him. But at the same time, like you say, Paul, that's his way of being like, whatever, man, you look ridiculous. I'm not scared of you. Yeah. You know, it's like, I'm, you know, I'm Poe Dameron. I can do, I can take on whatever. But he's, you know, but he can back it up. He's got the skills to pay the bills, you know, because this is the 1980s, apparently. <laughs> well, I like, <laughs> I like his bravado, you know, that he's showing in the face of what he's just seen. Because, uh, again, another part of that moment I liked was was the new look to to the way that the force was portrayed in this movie. And I like that whether that is something that the writers came up with or it was JJ, I liked the way that when Kylo Ren used the force, you know, people were shaking and looked it looked like a violent, jarring act. Mm. That it wasn't a um, you know, it wasn't just a smooth, clean, freeze frame type thing. You know, that, that laser bolt hanging in the air looked Oh my god, that was awesome. Oh yeah. gosh, yes. You know, it, it looked like the dark side using the force like looked like a violation, you know, that he was doing something against the will of the Force. And I like that a lot. Mm-hmm. I think and part of that, actually, too, though, what they're trying to show, sorry, what they're trying to show, at least, at least when it came across there, was that, because um, we've seen, uh, you know, we've seen Luke use the Force, we've seen, you know, Obi-Wan, we've seen all these different people use the Force, but no one, it's, it's never looked like that. The closest that's ever looked like that was the Emperor. You know, with with the and and and, and way, way Palpatine used it, but that it's so evil and so, and he just has so much in him and so much rage and hatred inside of him, and that that truly, it just it's coming out in the way it, it is. I mean, we can see it. Uh, you know, and we'll talk about lightsabers coming forward, but his lightsaber truly is different than everyone else's. Everything yeah. he's doing is about hatred. His entire character is about how he, whatever the you know, whether you like the way they portrayed it or not, Kylo Ren is about. Him, he has so much hate inside of him, so much anger inside of him, whether it's 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 you know uh, justified or not. That it's just the way it is. When he when he stopped the when when he stopped the the the, the, the laser in the yeah, air, and it's just hanging there sweet. and hanging and hanging there. And I'm like, you could just kind of feel hate inside of him. 
that I am so strong and I have such power here, but I truly hate what you're standing for. I and, loved what and, they did yeah, with the he's, force he's like, he's like just, a just kind of the, the sound design around it and, and yeah. the sabers and um, mm-hmm. and I don't know, Kyle Ryan, great intro to him and you say you can feel the hate from him, but I kind of got something even different. I, he's just like a smooth pimp, man. He's just like very cool <laughs> on the outside. Obviously, he has his little outbursts. I love how he <laughs> chopped up his own equipment. Yeah. One. Yeah, well, he's, yeah, in that I way, he's at least more merciful than Vader was. That point there where he's, he destroys the equipment rather than the person actually goes and this this is the scene later in the movie etc when he's saying i feel myself pulled towards the light yeah, yeah him destroying the equipment instead of choking the guy or cutting him in half with a lightsaber was yeah. the light side smacking him upside the head it's like don't kill him yeah even yeah. though uh, you know clearly most of the stormtroopers have learned to patrol in the other direction oh my, oh my god oh, that, that was great that was great that yeah was the best. they turn and walk <laughs> like you know that, what? that definitely What's had a robot that? chicken feel to it yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah it we had cool. like a you know. Cool. We'll come back. It's no problem. Boss is busy. I get yeah. it. The thing with the thing with with uh, with oh, Kylo space Ren. Balls. Space balls. Yeah. The, the yeah. thing with Kylo we Ren. We ain't found shit. On, on the on the on the when they you know when he shows up at the beginning the first scene, he he's not like Jay. You were saying this that he uses the Force seemingly in, in a different way than we've seen. Mm-hmm. He's like, he's like a bludgeon. He's a blunt yeah, instrument yes. with force. You get the feeling, like you say, that this guy, he's not, and, and this gets played out over his arc, over the film, he's not someone who's been trained like Vader. Vader was, he could do that shit from anywhere, man. I fired that before I came in the room, you know? I know what <laughs> you were talking about there. Little black but, dynamite. Ren, Ren, is, Ren is the guy that he's just got, you know, he just went out and he bought his first, uh, you know, 30-06, and he's out there using it. He doesn't know what the hell he's doing on the range, but damn if he's not hitting something and destroying it. You know, right. this, he's, like you say, it's, it's, it's a lot of just raw, bubbling, storming emotion with this dude, and he loves, he, he's got that pimpy outside, like you say, Scott, yeah. but it's very clearly shown that there's, there's more going on besides just that impassive face from his mask. Much like Vader, which is appropriate. Now, obviously, we, we meet Ray uh, soon in our storyline here. And um, I want to go back to some of the guys with uh, daughters. Who took their daughter to this? I did. And just what, no, was, what was generally, I mean, that's got to be just like the best thing for a little girl who's getting into Star Wars. I mean, it's oh, a yeah. layout turned up to 11, you know. Well, actually, her, her favorite female character from star wars is sabine from star wars rebels right and that's that makes sense that's her generation yeah and i i told her going in before we saw the movie is that you know the main character in this is a girl and she said oh cool i uh i took my daughter she's 15 so she's not as young as jeans Mm -hmm. but uh you know i think her whole thing was even at 72 years old uh harrison ford was dreamy yeah Jeez. And she uh, she was very upset when he when he met his uh, end. I think my partner would agree. What do you think, Harrison Ford still dreamy? Oh hell yes. There we go. Sarah Jesus. says yes. <laughs> Cameo <laughs> by Sarah. She, I mean, she was yeah. eyeballing Poe a little bit, which kind of made me nervous. But, uh, <laughs> uh, but no, she, who she wasn't was eyeballing Poe? Come on. If I could just make an aside, just real quick about Ray. I, I talked about seeing stupid things online. 
I want to say it was in M it was on Empire or on one of these content providers that gets get gets linked into Yahoo on the Yahoo front page. Yeah, they, they had a line in their review that said, "With Ray, Star Wars fans are finally given the smart, kick-ass heroine they've always wanted." And it's like, I'm not the biggest Star Wars fan in the world, but I remember Leia being pretty smart and pretty kick-ass. I'm just saying. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Not the way for Rey. Granted, she was the only woman in the galaxy at that time, but... um, But she's a damn good example, isn't she? But no, but... The the first slave we like. Well, what what I like about Rey is that we, when when we're introduced to her, to, to connect it back to Leia, when we're introduced to Leia, what's she doing? She's shooting stormtroopers and she's you know, right. getting right in Darth Vader's face. Yeah. Ray is, she's living that shit-tacular existence. She's being, you know, just not letting anything grind her down. She's just nose to the grindstone every day out there doing what she's got to do to survive. She's got a different type of toughness than Leia does. Would Leia you say li- she's a steel town girl on a Saturday night? Looking for <laughs> she's, she's, a, she's better than a meaty greaseball on a Saturday night, that's for sure. But, um... <laughs> Tell you what, the, the first impression <laughs> I got, and obviously... I'm sorry, Luke. Keep going. All I was going to say is that she's got a different type of guts and courage and tenacity than Leia does because she lives in a different world. So right. it's right. one of the strengths um, of, of Star Wars is that gender isn't really important. You know, characters can be male, characters can be female. Ultimately, they're all either light side or dark side or somewhere in between, right? So Ray gives us a, a female lead who's not like Leia, who's not this high operator who's... Uh, or even Padme in the in the in the prequels that has a, you know she's a big important personage. This is yeah. just another grunt on some shit shit ass back backwoods world. Well, I think she's our identity. I think the marketing leading up to this was kind of brilliant in the fact that and and maybe a little sexist in that a lot of it was kind of hinting that Finn was going to be the huge hero in the new trilogy, and it really isn't. It's going to be Ray. She's our mm-hmm you know, Luke Skywalker analogy. Um, I See, it's it's funny because she, I mean, yeah, clearly she's the Force user as we realize at the end of it, but she, I don't know in terms of an arc, her, she's not going to have uh, a traditional arc, I think, in that sense of the word because she didn't get any training. She's just sort of, here, here's the Force, which I'm okay with. I know people are complaining about it, but I think Finn is the one who's going to actually get the hero's journey arc from... I'm a coward. I'm trying to get away, and now I'm being pulled towards something that actually matters. Right. He's right. getting that arc. She, her arc is going to be: Who am I? Where do I come from? Where am I going? Yeah. It's a completely well, different thing. I th- you know, I think both of them, both of them definitely work. They're two different threads to pull on. Yeah, but is, but, is it too early to speculate as to who she might be? Oh, uh, she's a Kenobi. I don't think so. Really? I think no, she's a spy absolutely. Woman. She's got to be Luke's daughter. I mean, I, and I, I'll give you my reason, and I think this is this is the overwhelming one for marketing purposes. I think they have to have a Skywalker. Yeah. If, they, if otherwise the line is over, and you're never going to have another one. Yeah. Well, if if that's the case, then the movie just got a lot worse, in my opinion, because the if, one, if it was a marketing decision, I'd, I'd have to agree with you, Gene. I think it's hopefully more than that. I think. Well, even even if it isn't, because yeah. then. And uh, if you guys don't mind, I'm going to jump to the one one of the major issues I have with the movie. Sure. Go for it. Okay. Luke Skywalker is a coward in this movie. His entire class of Jedi apprentices 
Padawans, whatever the hell you want to call them, is slaughtered by his nephew. And then he says, training Jedi is hard, and runs. <laughs> hey, I... He can't he isn't, to argue that point. He isn't even brave okay, enough you... <laughs> to try and turn his own nephew back from the dark side. He runs away. And now, it's if you say Ray is his daughter, that means yes, not only is he a coward, he's a fucking horrible parent. <laughs> yeah. Okay, yeah. but the thing is, okay, but Ray gets Ray gets the lightsaber that already slaughtered how many children? <laughs> yeah. and, and he True. Says, what I'm saying is, but here's Luke, right? He's seen his father's life destroyed when the dark side encompassed him, and he murdered all these children and everybody, right? And now he's like, no, I'm gonna fix this shit. I killed him, and now I'm gonna fix this. And what happens? Fucking Ben slaughters everybody, and he's like, everything I touch turns to <laughs> shit. So I got to get away from here. I mean, hey, we, there's all kinds of things that can happen here, and there's where Max von Sydow can come in, uh, you know, like when, in like flashbacks. So, but he's like, I, I don't want everything. I don't want everyone to die. So he, he hides his daughter and he leaves because that's what he's got to do, and he just gets away because if I he think there stays may be an there, element of that, yeah. But and we're also led to believe he's searching for you know some kind of maybe force. But he couldn't but say he's looking for the daughter after. The slaughter. If Ray is his daughter, she and Ben are not that different in age. Yeah. So, so if she got hit says. when she was five and he slaughtered everyone when he was, let's say, 15, that means that she was already in hiding for 10 years on a desert planet that he just left her with a stranger. At least Luke had Owen, Beru, and Ben Kenobi watching over him. This yeah. is just. I was gonna buy it. It's it's like you mean when Yoda went into hiding because things got too tough? Yeah, I mean, the, there's not. That's not without precedent. Yeah. <laughs> Think about it. Well, not you have never shown to be It's like it's 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 like uh, it's like a family tradition. It's like that old Hank Williams song. <laughs> <laughs> Leaving you on a desert planet, it's a family tradition. <laughs> the, the story is that that, that Luke is looking for the first Jedi temple. No, mm -hmm. that's that is what Han said. People close to him think he's Han's doing. just covering for him. So maybe he, that is what he's doing. So maybe he is on a journey to try and fix this whole shithole right. that's come up. Right. right. But think about it, if Luke's trying to transcend where he is. He, he like he's at a point where he's like, there's got to be something beyond this. There has to be a level to get beyond this so that he can finally snuff out the dark side because think about this they talk about in in uh uh you know that there was this greater uh sith lord or whatever that that and that, that i got a feeling that's who the i forgot his name uh, andy circus plays him in the movie no darth plagueis but it's probably it's darth plagueis yeah right yeah the yeah that he is be he is truly Beyond the scope, he is. He was. He was better than the emperor and and Vader and anything. And he is the ultimate uh, incarnation of the dark side. And that Luke sees this and says, "Look, if I can't, if I have two people that I love and trust in in his sister Leia and and Han Solo, and their son has been that has been pulled to the dark side, and he knows it's inside of him too. Because let's face it, is you know his father is is you know is Anakin. He know it's in him, and clearly it was in Leia, and that's why it's in in Ben. He may be looking for that. How can I become? How can I transcend and become the the yin to the yang? And yeah, you know, I mean. 
Luke kind of was joking about, like, you know, family tradition kind of, but you, but the, you have to remove yourself from that situation. And I think sometimes it takes an extreme situation to get that to happen. You I want to go back uh, to Paul Vin- for a second. Also. Isn't, so. that, isn't that Luke's thing, always walking off before the job's done? I mean, that's what he yeah, does well, in Empire. You're yes. the cave. Remember your failure at the cave, you know? But that, but that like, wasn't Luke being uh, afraid. That was Luke saying, no, was, no my, my friends need help. Yeah. In it's, this case, he said, my friends need help. Bye. Yeah, well, in football... <laughs> Yeah, I, in football we'd call that an aggressive mistake versus this being a non-aggressive mistake. <laughs> I want to go back to Paul for a second and piggyback sorry, something. Sorry. Paul, yep. I, I want to just go back to you for a second. And what other feelings do you have uh, that tell you that Ray's a Skywalker, other than the obvious marketing um, advantages? <laughs> well, I, I I don't have any clues from the movie to give me that, other than the the Force being so strong in her and. Uh, Otherwise, you know, I'm I'm thinking I'm just trying to think of what they're gonna do here, and I'm thinking you know you already got Ben who's Han and Leia's child, and I think they're gonna want to give you a child from Luke as well. So that combined with the fact that I think they're gonna want an ongoing Skywalker in the story. So I I, I just feel like it, it to me from a from a logic point of view it it makes sense for that. Well, and she seems like the perfect like blend, you know, the the generational DNA blending of Anakin and Luke and Leah, you know. And, and I, I even had a theory. I'm sorry to, to interrupt you, but <laughs> no, I also had a thought that because somebody else said the thought that she's a Kenobi. Oh yeah. And I thought, wouldn't it be interesting if she was a child of Luke and Ben's daughter, who we never met before? Sure. So she would also be a Kenobi then. I'm just not sure how well, that happened. But, no, uh, okay. I, 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 I was out there for a long time on Tatooine. You know, a guy's yeah. got to do yeah. keep himself out there, right? Uh, he wasn't that much of a hermit. There might be a lot well, of little guys. We, we don't know what the sand people look like underneath their clothes. <laughs> <laughs> they could be Wait hot. A minute, hero. Wait a minute, hero. You saw the Star Wars porn. You know exactly what they look like underneath <laughs> their clothes. Silicone and foundation. I want to give my impressions to Ray for a minute real quick, guys, because I actually took some time and wrote them down, which I rarely do for these things. Um, but to me, when I first met her, she's, she's kind of like the perfect, I mean, she's supposed to be the Luke analogy, but she's like complete opposite of Luke. I mean, she's obviously, it's like, she's on Tatooine. Come on, let's be real. Um, but she's not the one that's looking, you know, looking out to space, you know, seeking adventure. She's grounded. She's, she's got her mission, which is to wait for her family. Um, so in that respect, she's totally not Luke. She's, you know, always trying to get back to her roots and not looking out to the the horizon, Uh, which Yoda obviously, you know, ostracized Luke for. Um, so she's almost Luke. If he started out, you know, as the perfect Jedi candidate and was not reckless and all that good stuff. And I think that's why she's so strong with a force, you know, without training, unless we learn later that she did get training from Max von Sydow or something, who knows. Um, but I really thought uh, Daisy Ridley sold the idea that Yoda tried to teach Luke that a Jedi is that they're most powerful when they're at peace. Because every time she starts to use the force or starts to realize that she can, um, she's kind of chaotic and ineffective. And, um, and then you can literally see her kind of stop and still herself and relax. And then she's just she can do anything. So I thought they sold that really well, and that just screamed Skywalker to me more than anything. But it was well, I think it, I think we go, 
if we all agree that we really hope that Finn is not Lando and Leia's love child, oh, I think that would be, okay. be amazing. No, I would stand up and applaud the shit out of that. Well, you don't think they'll be like, hey, you got a 45 ounce, you got a 48 five ounce bottle of liquor laying around. The girl's going to be kind of out of it for a while, you know. So, but I'm just what saying. What have we here? Uh, yeah. <laughs> just for it to be, is, to be you know, but uh, well, well, you remember yeah. the story of Finn's history, be, though. Orlando would have left him on the, you know, first order's doorstep in a basket, apparently, because he was taken as a very little kid. Oh, it would just, it would just okay, be too coincidental to that now have have Luke's son or Luke's daughter, rather, with Lando's son, and they're fighting yeah, Han no, and Leia's yeah. son. It's I'm, just, I'm you know, just, there's just too I, many I coincidences now. I was making a joke. What I'm saying is, like, because I'll tell you, like, you think about it, like, well, you know, Han left, and let's face it, Lando's not above stay, picking up Han's leftovers. So, uh, you know, <laughs> he, but, yeah, just, 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 I was just joking. You know, because we all know it's going to be Jar Jar's son. So, um, <laughs> uh, that's why he falls down so much. I, I, I got to think he's got to show up somewhere. We're going to at least see, like, a guy. Uh, Statue of him in a in a temple. Yeah, the Jar Jar Binks memorial. Uh, you know, uh, <laughs> think about it. Every every he's scene. Probably a hero of the like... first order since he started the empire. And yeah, all that. He, he he the empire. Yeah. Empire. <laughs> well, I mean, Finn is sweating constantly. Well, <laughs> you know, you think Jar Jar on a hot planet be sweating a lot? You know, kind of. No, but no, wait okay. a minute. He was amphibious. Oh, the son of he used... skin. <laughs> He'd be used to a humid environment. I mean, I mean, they're wearing full body armor. Of course, they're going to be sweating a lot. It's breathable. It's, a, it's breathable. Yeah, where's the hot climate stormtrooper that's just like a and shorts and, you know. Uh, yeah. The next time there. you go to a con, talk to one of the guys at the 501st. Hey, is that breathable? No, it's not I'm breathable. It's it's okay. Oh, he's a center master anyway, so. Yeah, those cons uh, are terrific. They're, they're yeah. horrific. I mean, I have literally... I peeled off my uh, Mandalorian costume to listen to uh, the guy's panel down in Florida, and, and I just, I mean, I was drenched. They're, they're not fun. I hear it's an initiation right in uh, Stormtrooper school to actually smell your armor after you take it off. <laughs> well, all I, all I know is uh, we were, we, we, and then we're getting off topic here, but I'll, like we're online waiting to get in the door, and I'm joke making a joke with with Franco and his son, uh, and I said, "Wow, man, did you hear that Kylo Ren is going to be Charger Binks? Man, I can't believe it!" And the guy behind us online absolutely lost his shit, like just came <laughs> unglued, and and I like, and I'm really, like thought it was like, funny, or you know, I'm going to hunt no, you down and no. kill you. Lost so, your shit. Like, dude, don't spoil the movie. Like, <laughs> like. So I look at again. I'm clearly not speaking to him. It's obvious to everyone else around me who starts laughing that I am joking. But this guy's like, "Dude, you don't try and ruin it for us." And I'm like, and I'm like, "Wait, is this guy trolling me, or is like he is he is he slow, or like like did he knock it out of the house ever, or is he like really really high, or like you know <laughs> I don't know like, all of the above." Yeah. Yeah. But like seriously, like like was he like trying to asphyxiate himself to get him off before the movie and it just lasted too long? I'm like, I don't know. But he <laughs> lost his crap to the point where we walked in. He made sure he sat completely the away from us. He saw where we went and stormed to the back to be away from us. He was wow. mad. Like wow. mad, mad. And, and I'm looking at uh, A and I, I go to Frank, I go, 
holy fuck, that guy's got problems. He goes, dude, we're a Star Wars movie. And I'm like, you know what? I think I answered my own question. Um, you know, it's kind of like you go to a you know, comic book convention. You're like, huh, a lot of people with their underwear on the outside here. Huh? Didn't do a very good job of dying them there, Colossus. Those good are job, trunks. You know? Those are trunks. Trunks. No, no, Look, they are trunks when they're dyed. When when half it's still white and has and 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 clearly not been laundered, uh, it's battle it's damaged. <laughs> I shit only... myself so bad. <laughs> oh, God, oh Christmas. sorry. Can, can I can I throw out my theory on the on the Kenobiness yeah. of Ray? Sure. Yeah, please. Nope. All right, I and I'm saying this. I might be stirring the pot a little. And others have said Star there, was it, a, Star it. there was a point in time. There's, you know, about 20 years from the time that, you know, uh, Luke scurried his way out of Padme's wretched vagina uh, right before she killed over like a sack of wet potatoes. Uh, that. Uh, Thank you for the visual. <laughs> okay. Uh, so, yeah, there's a period of time that obviously, why wouldn't you explore that? And, uh, <laughs> Here's the thing. Ewan McGregor wants to play Obi-Wan again. If there's any way they can make that happen, they're clearly going to try to do it. So why wouldn't you tell that untold story of ben, the Ben Kenobi, the lost years? Uh, it, from, the, from when he actually started going by Ben, and he was just going around to random cantinas being smooth and everything. Uh, you it's know like, what? i got to jump in with my biggest con about this, then, this whole mess. Because... Uh, it's going to be a mess. I mean, I, I said I, I'm the guy that mostly due to financial limitations cannot read every other fucking comic and novel that comes out around these things. And I don't feel like I should have to. <laughs> I'm not going to either. I mean, it's all good if you if you want to have a backstory for people that's, I guess, going to be told later. But, man, I don't think you can build the first movie of a trilogy on stuff that's going to come later, might come later, you know. You know, what, what if, uh, you know, this had somehow bombed at the box office? We wouldn't be getting the Boba Fett movie and the Han Solo movie and all that good stuff. And, oh, sure we would. They'd I mean, the budget. we talked about not, uh, you know, not spoiling too much in, like, The Crawl or, you know, not having to have too much exposition, but stuff like the young Han Solo movie, in my opinion, is too much exposition. It's almost, you know, like Wolverine. It's one of those mysteries you don't want solved because he's a more interesting character without knowing everything. Um, that's kind of just personal taste thing, but yeah, I mean, I, I see what you're saying there because that, um, you know, if, if we're taking this film, as I said in the little fi- in my introduction, my five minute thing, if this is sort of like the anti prequel, the prequels had a lot of story and felt the need to really explain things a lot of times, whether you whether you like their explanation or not, they they laid it kind of all out there. Lucas really wanted to know this is the story I am telling you. Mm-hmm. Whereas this this film leaves a lot more to speculation, uh, innuendo, suggestion, rather than really beating you over the head with it for good or ill, whether you like that or not. That that's you know it's different approaches. I and, like and the economy of storytelling in this, but I mean this is the story that requires a little more information. A little bit, but even um, well, with the prequels, you, we know where it was going. It didn't really right. matter how he got there. Right, uh, and he made but, it more me, complicated than it needed to be. But this, yeah, it's well, like we kind of have to have a little hint of what went before. You know, it's just kind of like, well, there's the empire again, there's the rebels again. But let me let me give you my, from that standpoint, my biggest nitpick con of the movie, and this was something we, we could it could have been addressed with, 
one sentence fragment in the crawl and they chose not to do it. What is the relationship between the Republic and the Resistance? Yeah, if exactly. you have not read the Aftermath book, you don't know that from this movie. You yeah, know that, that they're was... related, but why, why is the... If, if the Republic has this grand fleet that gets blown up by the Starkiller base <laughs> along with the entire yeah. system, which is pretty... You want to talk about a big FU to the prequels? Let's blow up the Senate. Not just yeah. disband it like the Emperor did. Let's blow that shit up. <laughs> Put that aside. If they have this great fleet, why aren't they fighting the First Order? Why is it this private army that Leia has? One yeah, and after 30 years, why haven't they gotten better defenses against planet-killing <laughs> fucking super weapons? But, but one line of dialogue can address that, and then, the, and then it's in the film itself. It's not in a book, or in a comic, or in a databank entry on the website. Yeah. And that, I, you know, that's an example of just a, a little piece of information that makes things clearer. Because to me, that becomes a plot hole then. If they have a fleet, why aren't they fighting them? Because we don't want that story. To, to get back to what Paul was saying about marketing, Star Wars is about the big, scary space Nazis fighting the ragtag band. Yeah. And if they're the Republic, they're the man. They're not the ragtag band. But this little private army that Leia has, they are the ragtag band. Yeah. Not to be confused with the Rebo band. But <laughs> so, or the new you know, Rebo so band. I want to see them piloting a fleet. I want to see Max go up there, do, 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 you know, kind of doing his thing. Shoveling food in his mouth while he's doing it. But the... Uh, <laughs> But, but it, so I agree with you completely. There, there's there's an economy of storytelling, but then there's leaving stuff out that would really help. You know, yeah, I just think it felt like there were a couple, just a couple sentences that left on the cutting room floor that would have helped me out a little bit narratively, and that's one of my I, few. I feel like I got what I needed out of it. Huck said that the <laughs> that the Republic was supporting the resistance against the First Order. I'm good with that. Yeah, but that's like yeah, you the know, U.S. government supporting. A militia somewhere against the neo-Nazis. Yeah, I'm no, sure just, that our government has supported Blackwater on many occasions. Yeah, but what it, it just—if you look at reason, from the movie yeah. standpoint, doesn't make any sense. Right. There, there has, there should be. Again, we don't need, we don't need a 20-minute scene of them arguing in the Senate, but a line of, well, you know, the, officially the Republic can't do anything, but you know, we have our supporters. There, done. It done. explains. Okay, it we it's it's enough of a shorthand to like you were saying, yeah. uh, uh, hero, to something that we understand from the real world. That we okay, well, okay, the republic can't officially support them, so this is their kind of way around. Something well, then like I would that would have been for a vote fine. of no confidence. <laughs> <laughs> Who has a vote of no confidence in Zod? I don't know, man. <laughs> In Zod, uh, that seems like who's gonna uh, are, is the is the voting public? You know, to, <laughs> if it's anonymous, maybe. Yeah. yeah, I I don't know. I felt like I got it's it's the Republic. It's another government. <laughs> we know how governments are. And I, I totally get your point about them not giving you what the relationship is there. On the other hand, when they do get bogged down with this stuff, then we complain that you know they don't trust the audience. They have to tell us everything. Right. No, so I, it's, I it's, it is a case I, I of damned if you do, damned yeah. if you don't. Too much backstory. Uh, yeah. You're gonna bitch about too much explanation. Yeah, exactly. Well, you can't I, make everybody happy. One of the things I liked about the prequels actually was the increased, you know, um, kind of political play about it, and uh, you know, I thought a lot of it could have been written better, obviously, but um, I kind of liked the base idea of the build up to how the empire, you know, came to be. I liked knowing that, you know, um, I. 
it's weird though. So I mean, as I said, it's like thirty years. I well, just thought that it, it warranted a little more exposition than we got. Yeah, well, see, and that's the the feeling I got was that it was set up as kind of a reverse of the first movie. That the you know the, the Republican government was there and existed, and this First Order was kind of this this myth, this small group that was kind of out there, and they kind of came out in this movie in a big way, destroyed the Republic fleet, destroyed the, and now Republic Senate, you know, the, you know, the, the galaxy is going to know that they're a real threat to be dealt with, but the tables have again turned, and now our heroes that are left are this small little ragtag fleet that already got most of their numbers wiped out in the end battle of this film. Now, I'd read a couple of, like, fan theories, um, and a couple of them I really resonated with me that I thought would have been a great way to go story-wise, and one of them was something to the effect of that the re the resistance in this movie was actually fighting the Republic, that, you know, the new Republic that took over after the Empire essentially became the Empire, because it's, you know, when you depose, you know, a tyrant, sometimes you become the tyrant. And that you know, Leia and the the old guard have decided that you know we're we're, we're just as bad as the old the other guys. We got to overthrow this government too. Um, so I thought that would have been maybe a little more effective than just having you know rebellion too and empire too. But again, I don't get to make those decisions. So um, one one thing that I, I do think is funny is that if you if you do read the book Aftermath, and I haven't, but I read the Wikipedia page, so I feel pretty well versed. Is uh, <laughs> the state of the holiday you know, express? You know night. who? You know who is to blame for the first order coming to power and for the eventual uh, uh, events of this film? It all Jordan. falls. No, Mon Mothma. Oh, the policies of Mon Mothma have come back to haunt the New Republic. Okay. The failed administration of Mon Mothma. If they had elected Akbar, none of this shit would happen. <laughs> Who's there with Leia in the resistance? He would have seen Act where the traps are. He would have. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's a military dude. It's a trap. It's like, you know, Akbar's a dude. He, he's a military dude. He thinks like that. Mothma, no. She was, I knew she was a failure even in Jedi. Many Bothans died to bring us this information. Bullshit. Who cares about Bothans? We've never even seen them. Go back to your space granola, you hippie. Hey, the Bothans <laughs> yeah. that, you know, lost family members care about Bothans, man. Hey. Have you ever seen a Bothan? As far as I know, they're a myth. I don't know. <laughs> but uh, just, just for, for, from an EU standpoint, yes, it was yeah. Mon Mothma who caused the disarmament that led to the First Order. So, good job. See, that's what worries me. You know, just staying on this point of why do I have to read all this other shit to know what's going on in my movie, is that I think it's going to get worse than the EU since... Since the EU has effectively been ripped, you know, wiped from existence, even though you can definitely see some little spices from it in this movie, and I think they're going to expand on that. And I'm fairly certain that there is a late Mara Skywalker out there. I I think now that everything that comes out is is going to be pretty much canon is going to get really complicated after a while. Um, oh yeah. With <laughs> And I just have to see how they juggle that and, and yeah. see if it gets away from them or not. And they might have to do a Lucas executive order and, and be like, okay, this counts, this doesn't count. You know, they may have to get a little more specific about things. It's canon uh, until they decide it's not. Yeah, right. you know, yeah. So. Well, the thing, and the thing with the old EU is that they were trying to work around the movies and fit things in. Yeah. Whereas here, because it's all happening contemporaneously, like you say, Scott, it, we get situations like this where it's, well, we didn't show you that in the movie because we told you that in this book. It, whereas the old EU was, well, 
you know, okay, this is what happened in the movie. How can we, how can we kind of tie into that? You know? So there, there was, there, I agree with you. I think it's going to become more complicated and more complex because of the level of interconnectivity that they're trying to do with it mm-hmm. rather than just, and I'm not saying the old EU wasn't interconnected, but it was, but with respect to tying things to the movies, they were trying to work with, with, with what was already established. They weren't telling the new movie story and then saying, oh, we can write a story that's a connective tissue between these two films. No, they weren't doing that, you know? Yeah, the, the movies... Most, the movies stood on their own, and then the EU was well. We can we can tell the story of what everyone in the cantina was doing at that right. moment. Whereas or the story this... of Han Solo's pants, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> or whereas this is well, you didn't do your homework. Well, of course you don't understand my my film. And it's, no, it's see, I, I I I don't agree with that. I I think that these movies will stand on their own and. Something like the relationship between, uh, you know, the government and, and the rebellion. While it may be an interesting point, I don't think it affects your ability to watch the movie. It and I think that they know that. And I think they're going to present the movies in a way where they will stand alone. I said it's only my own brain that it takes any enjoyment away from it once I get thinking about stuff like this. But that's, you know, it's and, the nerds like us that like to nitpick that basically created the yeah. eu um so and on, I mean, and on that and, and as far as the specific point to that paul it doesn't matter since they blew that shit up now <laughs> they, now they'd have no government to be related to because it's all you know space dust so yeah there you go. if if i can make a, my other point the other very negative thing i have for mm-hmm. the movie <laughs> on, it, the very negative thing number five <laughs> uh, two number two <laughs> i've just agreed with the other point the and this, this is, um, I, w- I would like to speak to uh, Mr. Abrams, who I'm sure is listening. <laughs> yeah, we send a copy right He's to him. He's a big yeah. freak fan. Gets rejected and we send another. I would like you to go out on a clear night when either Mars or Venus is visible in the sky and tell me exactly how big it is and realize that that is in the same solar system as this planet. You cannot... C, planets blowing up in broad daylight in another solar system. And you can't have a beam of supposedly faster than light energy that I can watch creep across the screen. It's the okay, I think same the science crap. is still out on that, Mr. Tyson. Um. This, this is the same crap that he did in Star Trek that I couldn't stand. Oh, Spock's in another solar system and he just watched Vulcan blow up. No, it doesn't work that way. Piggybacking and on I that, realize, <laughs> I, I realize that it, it could be nitpicky to some people, but this is actually part of the plot in the movie is everyone's outside the tavern looking at, and, oh, it's the First Order doing You wouldn't be able to see it. Even at night, you wouldn't be able to see it. The planets are a lot closer in this galaxy, maybe. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe they have better eyesight than us. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, <laughs> they, they have they have such good eyesight that they can see into another solar system with their naked eye. Yeah. No, I mean, all right. If we're gonna a... play, if we're gonna play that game, I'll be that guy. Um, how can you have a lightsaber? There's no way to terminate a beam of light. It just goes on for infinity. The Force. Crickets. Because <laughs> I'm making that, serious points here. I and that is because that is the technology of the lightsaber with the. Mm crystal that is inside it that bends the beam backwards on itself. 
Well, then they got a big ass one in the stack, Hilla. I, I always thought it was the fourth. I mean, all the, right, uh, you know, comes up gate high and stuck. That's quarter the to think about what you've done. It's a space fantasy. <laughs> my my <laughs> big problem with the Star Killer wasn't how they visually presented it to us. Honestly, I didn't didn't really bother me. My problem was so now we have seven movies and four of them have ended with them killing the Death Star. And how do you really top that Death Star? You know, to wipe out a whole galaxy at once? We're just going to have the Doomsday <laughs> Device next time? Well, this, the this lack of originality that, bothers me there. Yeah, yeah. This, this wiped out right. the four systems at once because they had to pull the sun in in the first one to destroy the second one. Yeah. The, That's the, the only uh, science the, I had a problem with in the uh, in yeah. the movie was the whole sucking the sun to get your energy. And, um, and the, the fact that the base the had an ecosystem which still. Presumably, yeah, would have destroyed the planet that you're... That you have right. not on, but but yeah. see, and that's why I like it because it was, I like the symbology of it, of the fact that it was literally like the dark the or the evil killer. eating the light. Yeah, you know, I mean that's to me that's the whole gist of it. Like I said, it's space fantasy versus science fiction. You know, this isn't trying to be interstellar or the Martian. Um, like like Hero said, like it, it's a, either you believe in a lightsaber and that's a real thing and go with it, or you get bogged down in, in hyperspace. Geometry and 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 you don't. So. Yeah, I mean, and, uh, and a lot God, of you know the, you the theory the... on or just the you know the storytelling of it. Star Trek was science fiction. Star Wars is space opera. Yeah, right. It's not truly science fiction because it's not giving you, uh, you know, these these theories of what would happen if we had this or what would happen if we have that. So it didn't seem like hyperspace was sped up in this one though, and. It's like more conversations I would have liked to have seen while the Falcons traveling from point A to point B. You know, like we got to see why. You know, why don't we see somebody playing space chess? You know, um, instead of just having it flick on there for a second, be like, "Oh, remember this?" Uh, I don't know, but it was like, "Hey, we're here, we're here, we're here." It's like fast travel in a video game. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I'm okay. Yeah. With that. It's like, it's the question of like, why do we have to space laser weapon? And it's because this is Buck Rogers serial stuff. You know? Yeah. It's, yeah. it's being crazy over the top. It's, you know, I mean, granted, yes, I think at this point we need to stay away from the giant uh, space hitters, you know, just for variety's sake. Um, but, you know, it's, it's like with the X-Men movies, you know, how, the, every, how many X-Men movies have a mutant trying to destroy the world? I think, uh, you know, all of them. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. How many X Men so, comics have a mutant trying to destroy the world? <laughs> yeah. yeah, so it's like you know, it's just, it's par for the course with this stuff, you know. But again, would I like them to not do another giant space weapon? Absolutely, I would like I, them to kind of stay away from. I would have liked them to use what Star Killer base is based on, and that's the Sun Crusher. Yeah, from the the EU because that's a ship right. firing a specific kind of missile that destroys a sun and <laughs> the, the planets around it. So yeah, I could. That's have, something that you I would have enjoyed that more. Bang. <laughs> yeah. Well, that was one of my problems when I learned that there was going to be like uh, another death. Most of my problems with the movie um, came from just like, yeah, I mean, the top of my cons list is like, we've seen this movie before. Let's be honest. This is, in some places, almost a cut for cut remake of episode four. And it, it had to be. Just, just real quick, Scott. Real, yeah. real quick. If you're going to rip something off, Rip off something really good, well, right? Well, sure, and Disney I mean, paid $4 ser- billion for this sucker, so they were going to go with the most likely formula, and <laughs> right. they're going to make I, back I, about two of it. <laughs> you know, <laughs> just to me, it's split. almost like um, 
it's it's like what Paul Spataro and I, along with Andy and, and Scott uh, Gardner, talked about on the James Bond show when they when they kept remaking the Spy Who Loved Me. If you're gonna rip off something, rip off something really good. Yeah. And you know if that formula works, go for it. So a lot of these things that were somewhat formulaic, it's like okay, I can buy that. That's part and parcel of Star Wars in a way. Well, so most I mean, of my the, bias I, was I, like I'm not, I'm not I'm not excusing I'm not excusing it. I mean I'm not saying everything has to be like this, but. To, to bring the what what George Luke would say, well, it all rhymes, you know. It, it, it's a similar sort of thing, but it's a little yeah. different, you know. My kids really like it, you know, something like that. That that's what the series is about. The series is about things happening that seem like something like this has happened before, because that's the the great circle of the universe, you know. Well, one of my biases going in was something I, I've seen Scott Gardner talk about in some threads. That I'm pretty sure if I misquoted you, Scott, I apologize. Um, in that I didn't need this. I didn't need these movies. I would have liked them back in the 1980s and 90s, maybe, um, to see the immediate continuation of the story, um, or just let us have the happy ending. And one of my my problems with this, and I, I, I read a good uh, article about this point by, I think it was Rob Bricken on io9, I want to give credit, uh, that the happy ending of the first six movies is kind of essentially nullified. You know, Hanalia do not live happy and uh, happily ever after. The Empire is not gone. The dark side is not gone. The Force is not in balance. Like everything we built up to and resolved in the first six movies just didn't happen. It was for nothing, you know, and there's that, just kind of a little sadness there because of that. But gotta keep selling those toys. So I mean, they had to do this, and um, I, I'm happy they did it. I'm excited. I love the new characters. I mean, that's my biggest pro is the new characters, and they all nailed it, and they all brought their A game. And I think one of the glaring differences between this and the sequels is, and I don't know if it was that they were all acting on green screen all the time, but it just the friggin' performances just look so wooden to me and feel so bad to me when I go back and watch the prequels. And here I just, uh, they, the actors sold everything they said for the most yeah, part. I don't know if it's better actors or if we have to give Abrams credit for getting better performances than Lucas did, but the performances in this movie compared to the prequels, uh, I don't think you can compare them. Yeah. Except for uh, Ewan McGregor. He was the only one who's shown. Yeah, he really, he, he brought and, it. But, and, I, uh, and, I, and I think I think it's been established from word for even what he said himself that Lucas was less interested in the characters than he was the the big story. Yeah, Whereas have a good I, balance of the two. They're right. And where, what I was, what I heard about Lucas as far as when he cast actors, his concern wasn't that they were able to emote their you know well and show their emotions or you know make it look natural. His concern was that they were able to deliver the line the same way over and over again, so that he could use that with the special effects, and and get it to get it to meld easily. So he was never concerned about getting a good performance and, and yeah, making right. it seem realistic. Mm, he was concerned yeah. with what he what could what can I do with CGI and digital images. Right. I mean, and, I think and, and, and I don't. I just want to play. clarify, though, that I don't hate the prequels. I don't either. <laughs> I think they're going to look. I mean, hats off to JJ for the look of this, and that they went that he went mostly practical effects where he could, and there were sets there for the actors to run through. And I think the the prequels and the CGI, as top notch as it was back in that day, are going to look very, very dated compared to this movie, and it just looks very. 
not Star Wars to me anyway. It looks like video games, you know. And I, hats off to the crew for for making it real on this one, definitely. I mean, I always thought that if, if go ahead. No, go Lou. All I was going to say is that, you know, I've always thought that if Lucas could have gotten away with it, he would have made the films without actors. If oh, yeah. he could have yeah. had yeah. CG for oh, all yeah. of them and just bring in voice actors, he would have done it. But he, the technology was not quite there yet for him to do that. And again, say what you want about Abrams as a director, his visual style, whatever. What I got from his two Star Trek films was that he is a guy that's the opposite. He's more interested in the characters and how they relate to each other and the performances. And so I, I think that just having that focus, uh, coupled with what you were saying, shooting on film, using real sets, using practical effects wherever feasible, it, it has a more um, uh, it has more believability. It has more realism to it, even though it's this great fantasy. You know, it it, it has more tactility to it. You know, so there's there's more of that 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 realistic feel to it that we think, okay, we can look out and we can touch this because look at it. It has mass. It has depth. In, in the frame, it has depth of field, so it, you know it, it's it's different approaches. I, I've always kind of put the you know I, I know that the prequels and the original trilogy form this great six episode saga, but to me I've always kind of pigeonholed them into the there's three here and there's three here and eventually there's going to be three here, you know, and each one each, each set kind of operates on its own parameters, and that's why I've always had trouble moving from Revenge of the Sith. To, to Star Wars because the parameters of the film are different. How it was shot, how it was made, how it's acted, how it was written, all of it is, is different. And that's the same case here. This is clearly a different animal than the prequels. The, the, the focus of it is different. The, the production of it, the style of it, it's all different. And, and, and again, I'm, not a, I'm, I'm a prequel fan for the most part. I think that, that they're, they're really good stuff. It's just it was different to the point that it was hard to, to kind of, it was kind of like when you've got, you know, a, a standard socket and a, and a metric wrench. You can kind of do it, but it's not ever going to really snag on there, right? You know what I'm saying? Uh, so, and, and, I, and I, you know, I, I, I can agree with that, but the performances in this were, were definitely more, more the driving force. It wasn't just, okay, say the line so we can get the information out across to the audience. There was actually well, you, you, you want a perfect example? Just go to the third act of the movie when they come back to Starkiller Base and they're just sitting there in the snow and, you know, Han Solo turns to Finn and says, the galaxy is counting on us. Yeah. And Finn's like, we'll, we'll just use the Force. That's not how the Force works. You know, there's not one moment of dialogue, I think, in the prequels that comes anywhere close to that. No, no, I mean, yeah. like... Not, not one moment, and I, I mean, and that to me just felt uh, you know, so much like Star Wars, and and I think that's the big thing. I think, I think it really did well into the writing. I think that's where, you know, bringing Kazdan in to, like, work on this film was, was a stroke of genius. Uh, now let's, maybe we should focus on Han for a second, so I mean... Yeah. Okay. I, I had my doubts about what they thing. would. What, Jason? Can I just throw one thing in, um, real quick? Because uh, it was just mentioned that, like, it seemed that this kind of took the happy ending from the first six films and then just ruins it, right? Um, but the the problem is this: is that if if life has taught us nothing, right, is that everything that looks perfect and this is the end of it, there's always something. 
My, my girlfriend That's, just made exactly the same thank point. Thank you for just saying the only thing I had to input in this entire <laughs> yep. broadcast. No, my girlfriend just got done saying exactly the same thing. And I and I came back with, like, well, Star Wars is supposed to be a fairy tale. So it's supposed Name to a fairy tale have a happy, happy ending. ending. And she came back yeah. with, like, the fairy tales suck. Bambi's mom gets killed. Um, <laughs> <But> you know, <laughs> Grim I'm just fairy saying, tales. If, if, you, you, you know, can't have a sequel if the ending is they all live battle, happily ever after. They're horrible. But, so, yeah, well, thank you, saying, like every Every single, like, I mean, I'm, I'm just, just life itself is giving you that. Every time you're like, oh, everything is perfect. You're waiting for that next shoe to drop. And, yeah. and again, um, you know, had they had never, <clears throat> excuse me, had they only ever made, you know, uh, the original trilogy and that had ever, that's all that ever happened and whatever, you could totally, in, you know, in your own sense, be like, oh, I, I wonder what happened. Now they're just giving you what happened. And it's, it's, it's hard um, when you when you have things that you you know again some of us were not old enough to see them in the theaters but we grew up with these things and the things that you love and then as Luke said they're not, not exactly the same it's not exactly the same fit as things fit together the same way that now uh, like um, you know our children my, my brother and I have uh, you know uh, children um, not together we with our own wives um, <laughs> that. That, uh, oh, I was getting confused <laughs> thank you for clarifying I just want to put it out there <laughs> put it no, because some people, hey, some people don't know there's a difference when there's actually two of us. They're like, I was talking to you, like, you mean my brother? Because we don't sound alike. Um, Are we so, going to Photoshop you as conjoined twins, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Make one of them Quaid. <laughs> I mean, uh, Quato. Put a little Quaid teeny tiny J head on Luke. It'd be amazing. <laughs> so um, the whole, whole thing is, like, we have children who will, will you know, see the originals uh, yeah. my daughter hasn't watched them yet um you know she's watched aliens and stuff but to star wars she's not interested in yet so um you know it's okay uh but like you have that they're gonna see these and they'll be able to see them all like now is like okay there is you know there's gonna be nine and, and, and with these extra movies whereas we were grew up there was one and then there, there was be 99 two. they'll be start new star wars movies when they're <laughs> when you're like long gone saying, and but, but by the time they are the age when, you know, by the time they're just getting to be teenagers, right, there will be nine movies in the, in the you know, in, in line, plus the, the, the standalone movies, plus the, it's far more than we ever had. Because there certainly wasn't like, well, we got a movie coming out now, and then we already know the release date for the next movie. Yeah. When Star Wars ended, they didn't say, hey, we'll see you guys, in, you know, in two years for Empire. They didn't know that. You know what I'm saying? Like, so it's just kind of a different kind of, I think it's just kind of different there's there. And yeah, and I was doing the math and, and thinking about it. And it's like, yeah, this was 14 year old me that, um, you know, was that loved the, uh, the return of the Jedi happy ending and didn't realize that the Yub Nub song was fucking silly. Oh, and, um, <laughs> careful. Luke's on oh, oh. Blasphemy. <laughs> Luke, Luke, Luke is an Ewok guy. <laughs> Made more sense than the the retool, you know, celebrations all across the empire, which clearly didn't last long. Um. You know what would have been funny if, at, <laughs> when the, in the special edition of Jedi, when they cut to Tatooine, if they're all in mourning because their their you know their sovereign Jabba the Hutt has been murdered. Right. There's a period of planet-wide mourning. It's like the Empire. Who cares? The Hutt yeah. is gone. That's you right. Know? Yeah. Where are we going to get our like, space hookers now? the power vacuum. <laughs> yeah. And, and you talk about the happy endings of Star Wars being tossed out by the sequel. 
Come on, guys. The first five minutes of the battle for Endor tosses out the happy ending of a caravan of Earth. <laughs> the Ewok movies. Yeah. Ewok well, movies for life. But anyway. Well, I'll, I'll come on. That. And and they, they, they didn't wait five minutes to touch that happy ending between the Marvel comics, between all the EU books we already got. Like, people wanted more with these characters. Yeah. They weren't content yeah. to leave them alone. I mean, isn't, so, isn't you there... Can't I mean, have isn't a, there a, you can't have sequels if you're going to have a happy ending. Exactly. You, you know, there's, there's no drama if there's no conflict. You can, no. but they're pornos. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Those are unofficial secrets. How did it take us two hours? Oh, to oh say the sorry, word sorry. <laughs> it's already come up. <laughs> yeah, I'm not the Let's first one to porn. I'm just one who goes back there. <laughs> well, bang! Um, but ultimately, the choice though. comes down to either not having sequels and you leave your happy ending alone, or yeah. if you're going to have sequels, if you want to continue an ongoing narrative, you're going to have to destroy the happiness that they created. Sure. See, that's yeah, why well, I think the Paul, other, I was yeah. like, I could have been, I would have been fine with a Star Wars movie without Han, Luke, or Leia in it. I mean, I would have been fine with something completely, not necessarily set 100 years from, you know, the original trilogy or whatever. Um, and this was kind of my mindset going in, but now that I've seen it, I, I, I man, I want to see more of Han Solo because Harrison Ford nailed it. And I didn't think, I wasn't sure he would. I wasn't sure he wouldn't phone it in, but he... He made probably the best Han we've seen out of all of the movies, I think. I mean, Oh, yeah. I, just, I agree so, with that. You know, it was just... Uh, and just the death scene was, you know, just still heartbreaking. I, I watched it four times now. <laughs> but th doesn't that also speak volumes, though, too, to um, the, the young actor who gets the role instead of, uh, you know, Kurt Russell, who kind of, you know, is breaking in and, you know, he, he wasn't Indiana Jones yet. He hasn't been the actor who has, yeah. you know, been in all these things. I think what you're seeing there is the maturation of him as an actor. He is now an elder statesman in, in Hollywood. He yeah. truly, Harrison Ford is still, I mean, he's not, he's not, uh, um, it's not like he's one of these young, you know, actors like, you know, Helmsworth or, you know, whoever. But he tr Harrison Ford's name on something, you're like, well, he doesn't make just anything. Well, like, he's not just going to, you know. No, well, no, that's thing, debatable. Don't say it, Chris. Yeah. But think about this, though. Harrison like, Ford he, likes a paycheck, too. He, 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 he does. taking a paycheck. <laughs> he yeah. does. But the thing is, yeah. but he's not just, he's not just, you know, I mean, Okay. I, I love Lance, Lance Hendrickson, but Lance Hendrickson's in a lot of crappy movies for five yeah. minutes, so his name goes on the top and he gets a nice paycheck. You don't see Harrison Ford doing that. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's oh, fine. I mean, a bunch of crappy movies. Well, and I mean, you can put Crystal Skull aside. The idea being is that, like, he's doing whatever. His maturation as an actor, you've seen it. So here, he gave it. You know, he, he wasn't out there just, just phoning in a paycheck, kind of like De Niro does in half his films now, um, you know, where, which is true, uh, you know, kind of thing. He, I hear what? things. What? I hear things. I hear things. <laughs> yeah, no, when he when he's better on Saturday Night Live than he is in any of his other comedies, yeah, then you know why. If it's not if it's not the one with analyze this or analyze that, whatever, but be it made. The whole point is that you're seeing his maturation as an actor and you're seeing him get there. Plus... I mean, it, 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 he's he still is able to have he has comedic timing uh, to deliver the lines well, the lines that are funny, um, especially uh, you know some of the stuff, um, the the thing with the coat, 
when they're kind of oh. going, you know, it's like cold. Like it just, oh, you know, cold? you laugh. Yeah, you're cold. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, oh, God, it's just funny because you're like, yeah, he's not young. You know, I shoot first in this in the cantina kind of thing. Um, it, you know, he's an older guy. He's like, you know, it's like it's like when he, when he comes out of the carbon, the the, uh, the 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 carbon slab, and he's like, I can't see. Like he can't see. He looks completely like like what the hell's wrong? Well, yeah, he's been in carbon. He can't see anything. He's like, and he's feeling. Chewbacca in, in Return of the Jedi. You're like, yeah. you didn't gather it was Chewbacca from the smell. You know what I'm saying? So- <laughs> All Wookiees smell the same. Hey, uh, uh, Jason, yeah. or, I want to yeah. go to Paul here real quick because he's got to leave us soon. But sure, um, sure, Paul, sure. I just want to get sorry, your. Sorry, sorry. Yeah. Oh, no problem. I just want to get your wrap up, Paul, and anything else you want to say about uh, the movie. Okay, yeah, I'm sorry to, to interrupt the overall yeah, narrative here to just throw in my end, no, end thoughts. Uh, like I said in the beginning, I, I, I have a lot of nitpicks with it. We've already discussed some of them. Uh, you know, my biggest nitpick when we first walked out was that, uh, you know, what's his name? Uh, Kylo Ren was a badass, and he was badass enough to have killed all the other students in the, uh, the Jedi Academy that Luke was building. And yet, uh, ultimately, he was challenged by the uh, janitor from the uh, Death Star. <laughs> yeah, and and, and and like that, that just didn't sit right with me. But I no, was, I thought Finn would have, should have been cut down a little quicker than he that. He should have been so. cut in half with one slice. Pretty much, yeah, and yeah, yeah. But, that was, but that's just that's just like to to bring up that point. It's just like one of the thoughts I had coming out of the movie. But really, the bottom line is a lot of the things we've talked about here. In that, yes, a lot of the story was derivative of. A New Hope, and to some extent the other uh, of the original three. But I think that's ultimately what created that feeling of being back in the original three that I loved so much, that I walked out with. And I really have a tough time criticizing it for that. Uh, I, was, I, was asked, I was asked to uh, rate it by my son, and I said 8 out of 10. And then he says, no, 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 you have to rate it on a scale of five. So I said, okay, four out of five. <laughs> Which, <laughs> uh, skewing the man, math. Right. <laughs> 80%. How do you want to do this? You know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, but you know, eight, whatever. <laughs> the, the bottom line is when I, when I look at all seven movies, and again, I am not a prequel hater. I enjoy the prequels. I don't think they're the greatest movies ever, but I enjoy them. And I could sit and watch any of the six original films anytime. Mm-hmm. Uh, when, when I tried to line this one up to see where I would place it in the group of seven, it actually comes in number three for me after yeah. A New Hope and Empire, or Empire Strikes Back and then A New Hope. Nice. This would I be think, the third one for me. So I think it, you know, it ranks highly. I think I might agree with that assessment. I'm not sure I've made it in stone for myself yet, but it's, it's looking like something like that. Because, yeah. As much as I did like some elements of the prequels, it, it it is ultimately better than them, just from an aesthetic look. I think in my in my mind and the acting, and the story and the acting. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I I just think it's superior to the to the prequels, which I enjoy. Yeah. All right, Mr. Spataro, thank you for your time tonight, uh, sir. Thank you, thank you for having me on. I enjoyed it, and it's always good to get together with you guys. Absolutely. Have a great night. Man. Have a good New Year. You too. Take care, boy. All right, I have counterpoints to Paul's points that he can listen to. When he listens to it. <laughs> Take it. All Take right. Uh, clearly, Finn was trained. He was a dead eye with a blaster, mm-hmm. right? Regardless of where it was, either in a ship, 
even you know even if he had to fumble with it for a minute or with one in his hand. Um, I have no problem buying that he could at least survive with that lightsaber, as he probably would have been trained with that same electro staff thing that the guy he fought yes. had. Right. Uh, that, that was so the point I was going to add. Yeah. The, the I light, have zero problem trooper. with that. Also, oh, yeah, Kylo fights, Ren yeah. had a gash in his side, and he was bleeding profusely. That, that. that was yeah. my point. He he was using most of the force to c- keep from bleeding out. He even said it. Act. The force will sustain me. It's right. like you can only get so far. I mean, blood losses. I don't well, care they, how they, powerful you are in the they, force. It ain't plugging they, the they made a point in the movie to show just how deadly that crossbow, that bow cap. Oh yeah, is. yeah. That was you know, so, so that when he got shot and took a hit, that you knew that it was a serious hit. Yeah, he got winged real bad. That was some uh, funny stuff between Han and Chewie in the crossbow, but I mean, it, it seemed a little disingenuous to me because I find it hard to believe that's the first time that Han Solo has ever tried Chewbacca's crossbow bow. Do you ever try taking a crossbow from a Wookiee? Well, good point, but you know, he's a friendly Wookiee, at least to Han, and you know. And yeah, well. <laughs> uh, and here's the other thing. What was I? Oh, shit, what was I going to say? God, lightsabers felt dangerous again. Yes. Yes. They felt definitely. like yep. they weren't, I'm going to swing right. it around a million it was times. Brutal. Yeah, and the sound, it was, it's really the sound design on them, man. It was, yeah. just, it was a little different from what we've been used to with lightsabers, and I think it worked really well. Yeah, it was not the... It was not the stage fighting that it has been. For no, and just let me throw in a pro. No super cartoony force jumps, and I loved it. I was glad that nobody was fucking doing somersaults over shit. I now, have no, See, I have no problem with that as long as it's not used too much. But right. it's like if you're going to do that every time, like when you saw The Phantom Menace, and I'm not bashing on the prequels either, right. when you saw The Phantom Menace and the first time you see Qui-Gon in Obi-Wan, and it's like, they jet out of there at f- with force speed. It's like, why the fuck are you not doing that all the time? Right. <laughs> it's like, if you're going you yeah. to be consistent about it, the lightsabers in this were consistent. It was up close. They weren't, they were using them as stabbing and b- blunt weapons. Yeah. It wasn't. Oh yeah. When Finn it, ran that stormtrooper through and you could see the burnt armor. Yeah. I mean, that was, that was good stuff. Yeah. yeah, it was it was yeah. brutal stuff. It was not the uh, artsy fartsy, and I like stage fighting with swords. I, I mean the 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 duel in Princess Bride is one of the greatest sword fights ever put on screen. And and the thing but about it, the stage fighting, like you say, hero, is that remember Obi Wan does say it's a more elegant weapon from a bygone age. You know, well, so the, the, it was the the elegant fighting back in the in the golden age. Whereas now, you know, to keep the vulgar, shit got real. And yeah. this is this is this is a fight for your life. This is not a more elegant, civilized age. No, you know? this is somebody that's full of rage. Too is you have, right? Yeah, that's right. He's so yeah, he's full of rage. I mean, his his lightsaber alone shows something different that we've that we have never seen before. That jagged lightsaber. Oh yeah. Uh, you know the, the the theory being that it's a cracked crystal. Um, yeah. That it's it's completely he he's he's unstable. Right. If, if there's one way to describe Ben, you know, he's he's kind of, you know, you know, kind of thing. He's he's got his issues. He's got to work. He's through like them. a jar but, of Fisher's mixed nuts. That's how unstable he is. <laughs> <laughs> so but what I'm saying is so when you see him, he's got so much anger and so much rage and so much everything going inside of him. But then when you see Finn, I mean, Finn, no matter how much training he might have had with the the the, you know, the 
the whatever that stick thing that that, that you know that that he fights the the, the stormtrooper with, it, it's still not a lightsaber. And and when we see Ray wielding the lightsaber and she has you know this she has all this stuff in her the force is truly living inside of her you know it's it's still brutal it's still that hammer it's he's fighting out of rage he's fighting out of there's torment there's stuff there they're just not trained in the elegant you know it's 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 truly like if if you had someone who was classically trained in fencing compared to someone who's like you hand them a fencing foil they're like let's go yeah. and it just turns into like hammering you know kind of thing yeah you know so. yeah if you give somebody a fencing foil and you give somebody else a broomstick i'll tell you yeah. the broomstick's gonna win that's right <laughs> well the feeling i got from the lightsaber fights in this and, and a movie that kept going through my head while watching it was excalibur and especially the han death scene Felt oh, like yeah. Mordred and Arthur um, stabbing each other, and kind of would have liked to have seen Kylo go down at the same time as his father. But um, yeah, it just felt like more like real knights fighting, which is very cool in my opinion. And just the brutality of, you know, uh, real armored knights didn't do the whole fancy fencing thing; they bashed the shit out of each other with broadswords. Yeah. And that goes <laughs> that's that goes back felt. to the, the original trilogy too, because they were told. When you're using this blade, it you are you must use it two-handed. It is like a broadsword. Yeah. And in the prequels, they switch it to a katana. Yeah. So it it's a completely different fighting style. So this this goes back to again, you know, like the practical effects and shooting on film, et cetera, et cetera. It goes back to the way it was, which gave us that nostalgia factor of yes i remember this kind of lightsaber fight who else thinks we might eventually see some kind of quarterstaff lightsaber for ray since that seems to be her little weapon of choice early on hey they turned, see they turned ezra's into a blaster on rebels i'm cool with whatever they want to do with yeah it. i mean yeah, yeah. yeah. i can see the quarterstaff yeah. you know luke sky uh luke's lightsaber to the end of that sucker and, and go to town did anyone else get the, the reach. feeling did anyone else get the feeling of a gaffy stick from that thing? Yeah, sure. Like it's a supposed bit, to be yeah. the sand people's gaffy stick. Yeah. That, I know it's, yeah. again, it's air it's quotes not, up to the yeah. mic. It's not Tatooine, but, uh, you know, that's, that was my fault. <laughs> Let, let's Tatooine face it here. J.J. Uh, Abrams was, in all likelihood, I hate to say that Star Trek II was kind of maybe his audition. I mean, he probably had the gig before that, but I mean... He... Star Trek in general was his audition. And, yeah. And like I said, I'm not a hater. I, I think he does... But Super 8 was too, and I think they saw that this is a guy that does nostalgia well, and he likes to put... I mean, he wasn't the primary writer on this, but I mean, I'm going to give him credit because the director always either gets credit for being good or gets credit for being shitty, so let's blame everything on JJ. Fuck it. Um, uh, yeah, this well, this one, this movie was made by committee. Let's let's be sure. Honest. Oh yeah, and they all will be. But I, I think they like they like his you know blender method of. I mean, the whole movie is a blender method. It's basically the first. It's the first trilogy. There's a lot of different notes from each of those movies in this. Um, one of my cons actually is if you're going to completely recreate the cantina scene, don't go through the, you're moving too freaking fast. I thought that scene was too fast that they kind of rushed through the door and to the plot point and man, walk us through slowly. Let us look at the aliens like in episode four, you know, just kind of give us little clips of what's going on in the crowd. They did to a certain extent, but I just thought they rushed through that fast. But, um, and 
completely lost my train of thought on where I was going with that. So, <laughs> well, I think you were talking about the nostalgia train a little bit, and right. that's I'm okay we we with this one it. being the nostalgia train. I, if I'm it's going to be the, with this one being it than his Star Trek fiasco was. Yeah, I, and I liked the first Star Trek. I said, all right, some interesting things were done. I don't agree with all of them, but at least they took some chances, and I'm interested to see where it goes. Where it went can you know crawl up my ass. I don't care because yeah. that was horrible. <laughs> um, but hey, no. Um, <laughs> but uh, it's just get the nostalgia thing out of the way. We got it. I I never felt like they were hitting me over the head with no, pandering stuff. There was some cute things in it, and it's honestly like it's only cute if you're like one of those people that watches Star Wars every month. Yeah. If you're one of the people that's like, oh, I remember when I saw Star Wars when I was ten. I'm gonna go see these new ones. You're not gonna. It's not gonna do that for you. Mm. Yeah, um, it almost feels a little patronizing in in ways, but I mean, well, uh, like the, I only, said, the only cringeworthy one that really got me was when they were, and it was a funny moment. But when they were all like, Han Solo wasn't he a smuggler? No, he was a you know he fought with the rebels. And it's like, wasn't he a war hero? And you know, you Chewy shrugs. And, <laughs> and, 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 I love that. <laughs> Made the parsec, you know, the the Kessel Run in fourteen parsecs. I, I like that, but it was a little too. It's like if these guys are such, you know, if if the original rebellion are such like myths, would they have known all that much about them? Or you know, maybe those were the myths. Then I guess I don't know. But and part I'm of it okay with it. It's a, I was gonna say part of it also. It's a big galaxy. I mean, we're purposely away from Coruscant, away from Tatooine, away from Bespin. You know, so on wherever. Where, I mean, Finn coming up in the First Order. They probably don't know very much about the history of the rebellion because those are just the nameless, faceless bad guys to them, right? And for Ray, I mean, she's growing up on on Jakku, which makes Tatooine looks like a resort planet. So they probably, <laughs> you know, what does Luke say? If you're if you're looking for a uh, you know the shining center of the universe, you're a planet farthest from it. So it it could just be just kind of things you hear about. It's like, oh yeah, the rebellion. They had this guy named Lando. He was twelve feet tall and he drank forties with reckless abandon. Yeah, shot you know. bolts of lightning from his arms. Yeah. <laughs> so you know, it's it's I, I can I can kind of I under, I understand that that point because it's only been thirty years, but if. You've never really heard it because you're not part, you know, it's not something that was ever taught to you. You know, you're not going to say it more for Ray. Like, it would be the same now, like, if Jay is telling one of his kids that he's teaching about the Berlin Wall coming down. Yeah. This, you know, it's like, oh, that's a nice story. What, yeah. you know? Yeah, it doesn't apply to math very well. <laughs> well uh, take one well, wall yeah. and, do, and, and, and that's delete why. it. And that's why I think the, the nostalgia thing, like, I think, like, it made sense that this movie was kind of a highlight reel of the original trilogy because it, it, it took us back. It basically, it told the faithful, like, okay, you know, it's going to be more like the original trilogy. It told the people that, you know, weren't as diehard fans, people are talking about, you know, the people who maybe watched it once and haven't revisited it. That it again, it's going to be more like these movies rather than the prequels. And then... Like you said, like it's it's now we can move into like new territory. We know for a fact that we're getting a new Star Wars movie every year, basically until yeah. Disney runs out of money. So so I mean, and look 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 at what the very next movie is going to be. We already know that the very next movie is coming up is already being described as a heist film. So we know that there's basically now room in the Star Wars universe for lots of different types of movies. So I Good. think it I works think for that, him in the Marvel universe. So why the hell not? Yeah. yeah. Right. And so I, and I and so I and I fully believe that I think that they're going to probably be moving away from 
you know, I mean, like like Han's passed the torch. He's he's moved yeah. on and become one with the Force. And I think in this these new films, we're going to see uh, new and different places. You know, yeah. so yeah. Um, I'm hoping because I, I originally was yeah. not happy that we'd be on another desert planet. You know, maybe another right. ice planet. You know, I'm just like. Uh, no, well, I, I got to go back I... to the prequels uh, and just something I got thinking about that if you think about it on paper, in theory, Jar Jar was actually a great idea. Yes, um, he was. Yes. I'm going to defend this because Lucas was actually trying to give us, we had never seen like water, pe- you know, ocean people in, in, in Star Wars. We'd never seen an underwater scape like that. And it was, man, it looked beautiful, you know, and, and then of course we had silly cartoony Gungans. But well, on see, paper, that's part of really- but even... But even even with if with the later prequels with, with Camino, Camino was the first planet yeah. we had ever seen like that, yeah. and uh, uh, Geniosis, uh, just a really rugged planet like that that wasn't a desert, but you know, yeah, was just so volcanic I'll rock. Yeah, give Lucas all the props for that that he took us to and a he, lot of he, different places. Yeah. Right. Even so visually, Cat that's one of the. Well, yeah, but okay, but fine. I mean, you've got you've got Anakin Skywalker, you know, and Baru and them. You know, you've got to do Tatooine. I mean, that's that's unfortunately just part of part of the hands you're dealt. But visually, you're right. There was a lot of different stuff. Whereas here, okay, we do get some some, some things that call back. We get a planet covered in snow. We get the planet that's a desert. You know, we get uh, them running through kind of an alpine forest at one point. So it's like, okay, well, visually, this reminds me a lot of it. Uh, as far as the, the nostalgia, it, it you know it, it definitely hit that. But to me, like I said, being not seeing ever seeing the originals in in the theater, so it it doesn't speak to me on quite the same level. But I totally dig what he's doing. I, I understand it, and I think it, like you were saying, uh, David, it's the right call for this film, so that you set it up and say, okay, now we've done that. That's out of our system. Here's some. Here's where the story's going from here. We can go wherever we want to go. I think that's what's well, going to happen too. Yeah. yeah. This, but, well, and to speak to that, that just... the, all, all I was going to say is uh, just the, the thing that it doesn't didn't bother me, but to me was kind of cutesy, was like the Easter eggs. You know, if you're going to have Finn pull out the little trading droid, okay, yeah. fine, that's a throwaway. But then to like linger on the holographic chest, to me it would have been funnier if the table never turned on. If they just were sitting at the holographic chest table, that to me is funny. Rather than, oh, look, remember this? Here, look at it again. Here, or it just kind of flickered and failed. That would have been kind of cool. Yeah, the shot just goes on a bit too long. You know, just stuff like that. It's like, okay, fine, that's cutesy. That's the same to me as Kirk having sex with the Orion girl in the first uh, Abrams Star Trek. Right. It's cutesy. It's a joke. Fine. Okay, we get it. But to me, it, she I, had I really nice cans. She oh, did Rachel have Nich- nice Rachel cans. Nichols she had amazing breasts. Just well, throwing. I'm just throwing uh, it out there, uh, folks. She she plays Scarlet, didn't she, Hero? Oh yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 But anyway, Sorry. Not, didn't mean to derail you, but yeah. she had amazing yeah. breasts. So facts are facts. But anyway, yeah, but, they gotta acknowledge but, them. But 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 to my all I'm saying is that I could have done without the Easter eggs, but as far as, you know, full on plying, hey, remember the original trilogy, remember what you liked about them? I'm okay with that because clearly this film is marketing itself to be nostalgic for the original trilogy. About the only character that I would have liked to have seen even if it's just a, a, a throwaway cameo I personally would have liked to have seen Billy D. Williams come back yes. to Lando yes. Yes. because it's probably Han Solo Han Solo was still kicking around being a roguish scoundrel 30 years after the fact you better believe Lando Calrissian has got some kind of action going on somewhere 
Oh yeah. He's you a venture capitalist now. He doesn't have time for the little people. <laughs> <laughs> Hard buddy. Yeah, let me call you back. Have my people call your people. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> he turned into Apollo Creed. <laughs> the pro- as many of the problems I had stick. with the <laughs> It could have like been no service. It could have been no reap. Han saved it for me. One of the best parts in the movie I thought was the Han turning Han into Ben Kenobi basically doing the force exposition through him. I, I, yes. I, that was of, the heart and soul of the movie, really. Yeah, I mean, it was, and Harrison Ford just brought it for that scene, man. It, it just made me choke up. It was just like, you know, it's, it's like, yeah, I get it now. It, it was all guy, real. Just seeing my who, wife and my son, it's like, yeah, I think the force might be real. Yeah, the guy for who for, 30, <laughs> uh, for three movies was like, you guys are ridiculous. And it's like, yeah. oh, shit. Yeah. I don't know everything. <laughs> Now, the only other quibble I have is the, the plot hole is that, and I hope we get some more explanation on it, that if, to my mind, if Luke Skywalker disappears, Han Solo will move every planet in the galaxy to go find him, and he'd still be looking for him. He wouldn't have let his, the Falcon get stolen, and he would still be off looking for Luke somewhere, unless there's, you know, a deeper plan going on that we don't know about that Luke was like, you got to let me do this, don't come after me. I don't see the thing. Is, I mean, Hans, Hans a pretty, re- he's a realist, right? Yeah, but remember that whole Jabba thing. I mean, come on, represent and respect here. We got. I, I know, <laughs> but it, it's the thing. Jabba thing. That's awesome, Scott. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that time you saved me from Jabba. The whole Jabba thing. The first thirty-five minutes of Jedi. That whole Jabba thing. That's right. I love it. It's it's one of those things. It's like how. I can understand a guy like that running. It's you, your your relationship failed. Your relationship with your child failed. Yeah. Your best friend couldn't help your son. And I totally bought it when he said I went back to doing the only thing I was good at. He I, might I, actually be angry at Luke. He might actually blame Luke in some way. I mean, too. So, uh, although I, I just find it kind of unforgivable that we didn't get a Han and Luke reunion in this. And I think that's really- awesome. I think that's it's, great. It's bold. It's it's definitely bold yeah. as far as a, a story choice, and you know it, it makes nerds like me mad. But yeah, yeah it's, well it's, now Ray shows up here. Here's here's your dad's lightsaber, um, and your best friend is dead. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah see, like, I I would have much preferred the end of the movie have Luke show up, feel after feeling Han's death. It's just like holy crap, what just happened? Yeah, maybe they need me. Yeah. <laughs> Rather than having Ray go find him after R2-D2 just suddenly woke up for no reason whatsoever and provide the rest of the map. That, actually, he woke up because of the Force. Yeah, I think the it's because Ray showed up. I think oh, he, okay. So, so well, he's I skipping think the actually, Jedi droid now. Yeah, well, they actually, I think they talk about that in, in, the, in, in the visual dictionary or something because I was reading that apparently the reason why he wakes up then is that what he's been doing is basically defragging himself. Because he's got, you know, since uh, since he first like seven decades worth of data. So he's running he's Windows kind of... Vista. Is what <laughs> yeah, essentially, he's yeah, pretty much. Could be worse. Could be ME. Yeah, yeah. So a deep rag he's, and a disk cleanup. It's deep thought from <laughs> Hitchhiker's Guide. <laughs> now let me now just just mentioning R two. Do we want to breach the topic of what did we think of BB eight? Awesome. Yes, we should. And I loved yeah. it. Um, Love I didn't think I would at first. Uh, the only the only thing that was odd to me about BB-8 is that given the rest of this film, I really thought BB-8 was going identif- to be identified as female. 
but they use male pronouns when referring to him the whole time. So I, yeah. that to me, I thought for sure they were going to go that route because we have we have uh, two male droids already. So I thought for sure. No, 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 no. We have one male droid. Yeah, I don't really like to think of uh, <laughs> that, that context at all. I don't think this you know, red fake. arm works very well. Oh my god! Like, <laughs> How did you do that, Captain Solo? So good to see you, sir. But but um, no, I did. I wasn't sure what to make a BB-8 when we first saw him in the trailer, but I think he's he's very charming. They make a great use of the, all the different uh, props that they have playing him. I thought BB-8 was a, was adorable, and I can tell you yeah. that my kids and all the like uh, my my friends' kids and stuff that they all love him in much the same way that we all loved R2 yeah, and Wicked. Watched a million toys, absolutely. I think he yeah. was a complete success. To be frank oh, with agree. you. I agree. I think they did a great job with them, both as, you know, the actual props and everything, but also with the character, because yeah. just it's it's very hard to get a piece of plastic to look emotional. Mm-hmm. And yes. when he when Finn is trying to convince him to give up the oh, base, the location, yeah, it's like great. looking, looking at Ray, looking at Finn, looking at Ray. Look at, really? <laughs> You want me to trust yep. you, huh? And then, and then the thumbs up was just. Oh yeah. my god, yeah. the thumbs up was yeah. great. The lighter, yes. Yeah. yeah. The little, yeah. the gene, the little double take. You know what that made me think of? Um, on uh, on the moon of Endor, when Han keeps telling three PO to do something else oh, and do yeah. something else. <laughs> oh yeah. And he just yeah. gives him that one yeah. last look. Nice catch. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I didn't think of that. No, that's perfect. Yeah. Well, yeah, and it's it's, it's like it's kind of like they they perfected the idea of R two. You know, with R two, they tried to create yeah. a character purely out of just that that visual design and sound design and here that little bit of extra expressiveness they got with that that floating head being able to just you know just be able to to being able to sink his head being able to turn it to do all those things he and it could have come off real silly but the actors around him Mm -hmm. are what sold it i mean you know yep Uh, not only that it's every time he hit something, it sounded like a metal beach ball hitting something (laughs) and i was like that's crazy oh yeah when Finn tried to catch him, you know, I got him, I got him, cronk. Yeah. You know, and, I don't And it does him. also, I think it also gives us one of the best just funny bits. And Ray says, hold on, when she does the loop, and he just rolls around and falls over. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, hold on, with what? I'm a ball. Yeah. <laughs> well, he, well, no, he does. He, he shoots out the wire. The, uh, yeah, but yeah. that's why that joke works, because we let him fall once, and then he's got his grapples. Like, aha. I'm smarter yeah. than I look here. I really yeah. hope they don't turn him into like James Bond droid like they did with R2 in the prequels. So I don't want to see yeah. fucking jets coming out of his ass. I don't want to, you know, okay, he's got his little cables he used to steady himself. He's clearly got a lighter and a smoking habit. Um, you know, and he's got his little zapper, but let's leave it at that, right? They made, they made R2 a little too super droid in the prequels for my tastes. Well, <laughs> I don't know if you guys know. Go, go, yeah. Oh, I'll just say I don't know if you guys noticed, but on my third viewing when I was watching it in 3D, I noticed like in the in the la- in the shot where Poe goes inside of the uh, inside of the Star Killer base. You know, there's actually a lot of good BB-8 moments in there when he's riding in the back. Um, mm-hmm. They're more uh, kind of off to the side of the screen, but I was I was paying attention to him because I'd seen it a couple times already, and and there was a lot of physical comedy going on in there too as well. Yeah. I just say, you know, for a character who's on screen, uh, trying to think, is anyone on screen more than BB-8 in the entire movie? Like, uh, overall? 
it's oh, it's okay. coming. Ray's Ray comes close, obviously, and Finn. But I'm saying it's like, but the, he's on the, that character is on screen so much, and I think the great part is is that you don't think of it being, you know, an effect. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like it's seamless. It's just totally like, well, that's a character in this movie. To me, um, it reminded me the way like when you when you first saw the Lord of the Rings trilogy and you see Gollum and you forget that Gollum's just Andy Circus with like CG over the top of him. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. it, it, you know, BB-8 had that feel of like, well, this is this is real. Like this is totally like an actual character, like who's a real thing, you know, kind of thing. He had Even fidelity. when it's the CG. He Say had it again. Fidelity, you know, I think he had fidelity. Because BB-8 yeah. was played by a prop so often, he's got mass and weight. He's like R2 in that sense in the original yeah. trilogy. Yeah, R2 but even, even yeah, even but to even, take him to it to another level with with R2 yeah, right. looking at Star Wars, it shouldn't work, but it does. Yeah. And now, like like yeah. you were saying, Scott, we've adva- and and um, uh, Dave was saying this too. We've advanced it to the technology so much that we can make him that much more emotive and that much more believable. And he and he never becomes. Like um, like you were saying that that he's got some great stuff going on on the 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 side of the frame. He never becomes like a a full blown, uh, you know, look at um, me, yeah. I'm special sort yeah, of. I'm thing. the comic like relief. Pay attention things. to me. Yeah, yeah. He's there and he's doing his thing, but unless he's uh, uh, you know his he's important to the scene. He's just there. You know, he's Jar Jar would have been a tolerable character a little more if they had taken that road with him and you know made, well. That's know. the thing with Jaja, and I and I think the there's speculation out there. Jaja was going to be the straw that broke Anakin's back originally, yeah. And the yeah, backlash from that is what caused him to go a different direction. With yeah. That so character. instead of killing Jar Jar, he killed all the kids. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know what? I think that's <laughs> I think that's I a little too, bit better. But, but I but I'm saying I I totally subscribe to that theory. I agree with you, Hero, completely. So I, I think it's I, I it's agree. not hard to see. It's. It, it, that was clearly what he was going to be going for. Here's, here's the guy that was going to be the friend through two and a half movies, and then Anakin's going to kill him, and we're supposed to feel bad. And it's like, well, <laughs> didn't really work like that. No, he would have cheered. If the prequels yeah. were about uh, the you know the creation of Darth Vader, and the, the original trilogy was about the redemption of Darth Vader, or at least the saga of the Skywalker family balancing the Force and all that, do we get a Kylo Ren redemption arc, or is he beyond redemption? Was he's beyond was, redemption? What was Han's because Han Solo know he knew he was walking to his death. That's the way I looked right. at that scene, and that he was. I don't know. There's there's something weird going on there that like there's been a fan theory out there that Kylo might be some kind of double agent. I don't think I buy it because I think someone else would have had to be in on it. I think that would be, I. I we can have a bad guy who's just a bad guy. Yeah. Even if we yeah. get a good reason why he's a bad guy, they can still be a bad guy. Not yeah. everybody can be saved. And I think that would be I, I, an interesting yeah. route to go. Yeah. I, I just don't think we've even seen him at his worst. No. You know what I'm I saying? I, I truly believe that, that Kylo Ren, you know, it, like but that's what he says at the end. They, they bring bring Kylo to me bring him to me he's to training he's training. completed yeah because I, apparently see, killing his father was the the catalyst for that is the well, way I yeah, and, which which again okay so now you want to look for a parallel here and we had Luke who you know ran away he kills his father 
you know, I mean, again, it, I mean, obviously the emperor, whatever, but it's it's that battle, and he feels that he's now killed. There's that there's that piece there too, and and what what really is Star Wars? It is it is about families. It's about you know uh, redemption. It's all of those those same ideas that have been through throughout time and throughout stories and whatever. But what's happening here? He kills his father, so he shows that even though he's fa- feeling that pull from come back to the light, that that he truly that and that truly makes the most evil people when they feel like I I understand the light. Yeah, I, but I, I don't that, yeah. want yeah. the light. Yeah. Yeah. And I think I look at it this way. To, to me, you have you have a cat. You have. I mean, we've already talked about Phasma, and I truly believe she's going to be very important coming up. Hopefully, she is because her character is really cool. I think it could be. I think Kylo Ren could become the most evil Jedi uh, Sith we've ever seen. Right? He because as as much as Vader is a total badass and kills people and stuff, and as much you know, um, you know, with with the Emperor being truly evil. This could be where he just becomes fully consumed, and you know if this arc carries out to the to the third in this in this this trilogy, where he is truly the embodiment of evil. Because I'm telling you right now, he's got to kill Luke Skywalker at some point. He's got to kill him. I yeah. think he's going to. I think he's going to kill Snoke. Luke, oh well, you yeah. know that's. I'm saying he's going to kill yeah. Snoke, and then he's got to kill Luke. He's got to kill him because Luke cannot. Cannot then be like, well, I'm gonna have I can save you because that makes Ray all that all that she Ray has got to be the one, however her relationship might be. Ray has got to be the one at the end to then truly be the light. If this is going to be it, if we're gonna end this at nine or you know kind of thing, then it's got to be he now slaughters Luke and whatever her relationship with Luke. I I think she's Luke's daughter, but be as it may, right? Whatever it's got to be, then she has to then become the ultimate embodiment of light, and he is truly ultimate embodiment of black of, of of the dark side. And there's that epic clash and that happy ending that we got at the end of Jedi can truly be here because now it's like this is it. The overall yeah. Sith Lord who's been training them all, that badass, you know, that you know, the you know, kind of thing, like just like Samuel Jackson says, I'm a badass motherfucker, you know, kind of thing, right? He's dead. <laughs> This guy's now the guy. There's no one. There's no one who's ever been more the guy than him. And now you kill Luke Skywalker, who is the ultimate tweener at times. Because Luke is still pulled. You know, he still has that pull. And yeah. go from there. Yeah. So. Well, the th- and the thing about Kylo Ren, and I, I, like I said, I avoided as much information about the film as I could before I saw it. But after I saw it, that's when I went back and started reading some of the interviews that J.J. Abrams did and some of the the behind-the-scenes stuff and stuff like that. And I want to say it was an interview he did, I think, on PBS. My, it, I, don't, I, I don't remember which program it was. on either PBS or NPR. It was something on, uh, for public stuff. And he said that in Star Wars, we see villains that are fully formed. When we're introduced to Darth Vader, Darth Vader is grade A number one badass as soon as he walks through the door on the Tantive Four. Right. He is a fully formed villain. He said, "In the we see it with the Emperor. We see it with uh, you know Darth Tyrannus. We see it with Darth Maul. These dudes are at their peak." He says, "What he wanted, and he says, but but we see the heroes go through the hero's journey." Hmm. He says, "We see it with Luke. We see it with Anakin." He said, "He wanted to make a character that was a villain that went through that journey of growth, that grew into being a villain." And I think that's that's something that I, I liked about Kylo Ren because when we first see him on the planet. We think, oh, this dude's a boss. He's in charge. 
But then we see, no, he's really not. He's not in charge of his emotions. He's not, he's not like, like Vader was in, in Empire, where he's in command of the fleet. I mean, uh, General Hux gives him the friggin' business any chance yeah. he gets. Yeah. You know, Kylo is there because Snoke put him there. He's not in charge of anybody. He's he's kind of the the uh, you know the enforcer off to the side here. So this is a guy that is he takes well, Vader that, was that last too in step, the original in Episode Four though because I mean he had, he had yeah but choke, but Vader was but Vader was bitch, on you but, know him you know, and uh, yeah but but Vader was also but but he wasn't uh, but Tarkin wasn't antagonistic to him. Him and Tarkin were friends, right? You know right. Tarkin even calls him old friend. So, you know, he, whereas here, he's got an antagonistic relationship with the people that he's serving with. Yeah. The only one who seems yeah. to like him is Snoke. So, you know, so here's a guy who, like you say, uh, Jay, he takes that, that, whatever that last step is. For him, it's killing his father. Now mm -hmm. he is ready to take that next step to become the, 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 uh, the menace that, uh, that Darth Tyrannus was, that Darth Vader was. When we are introduced to Vader in, in Star Wars, he's been doing this for 18 years. Yeah. He's an old hand yeah. at this. Yeah. Kylo is yeah. still getting started with this. He is, he, he, he's a, you know, and, and the other line that I, that I saw that I think is really appropriate is that Darth Vader cast a long shadow, yeah. you know, and he, and, and it's, and, uh, and obviously it's this idea that, that he, he, he rejects the light for whatever reason. And he, had, and, you know, and uh, just looks up to and admires his, what his grandfather did. I mean, his grandfather brought order to the damn universe. Mm -hmm. And and whether that has something to do with it or not, we'll find out as the films go on. But Vader casts that long shadow, and what do you have to do to not only live up to your this 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 legend, especially in the First Order with the way that they worship the Empire, this legend that you are related to? How do you live up to that, and how do you surpass that? So that you know, it's and I I thought I thought Ren see it, it was I wasn't sure what to make of him when he first took the mask off, and he's this real pretty boy. And <laughs> he's not I, a pretty boy. Well, he's, he's a not pretty boy. Anyway. Pretty... <laughs> no, not anymore. But he was. I mean, he yeah. was. I mean, you think about what Vader looks like underneath the mask when we finally right. see him. You know, yeah. He's, yeah. he's more machine now than man, twisted and evil. Whereas Kylo, uh, Adam Driver's if, if face had... is twisted. <laughs> but it. But he's. But he's not. He's not scarred up. He's not a, he's a, a monster. Presence, though I, I really liked him oh, with yeah. the mask off. I mean, you know? just he was imposing. No, no, he, I, I, he didn't I like, lose I like, any of his sinister. Yeah. No, I, I thought he had a great performance, but I mean, he's not looking at him. He 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 looks like he could. If you had cast him as one of the heroes, you nobody would have batted an eye at it. Well, no, that's the way. He honestly, looked. like if he wasn't playing Kylo Ren, then he could have played the twenty-year-old Han Solo. Yeah, right. And yeah, exactly. He looks enough like yeah. So Harrison Ford. That, that's yeah. what I'm saying. He's not. He's not like Ian McDermott. He's not like Darth Maul. He's not. He's not. You know, big scary. He's. He's not Dracula like uh, friggin' Count Dooku was. You know. Right. <laughs> so he, he. He doesn't. He, he. But he's still on that journey. Now he's scarred up. Now he has to wear the mask. Yeah. Not now only he's finally the monster he wanted to be. Yeah. Yeah. Now he is because it's. It's like that old thing. Well, you think you want me to be a monster? I will be a monster. Now I'm waiting I, I for the, the inevitable showdown where Luke says, "Hey, guess what? Your grandfather actually came back to the light before it was all over." Because um, oh, I'm sure he hasn't gotten that memo that. from the First Order. He he worships Vader, yeah. but I'm sure he doesn't worship Vader's. No, they know. In the novelization, in the novelization, they both mention that they know about Vader's folly. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, yeah. they're not going to tell Kylo that, I would imagine. No, Kylo knows. It's, it's Kylo and Snoke that talk about the fact that they're the weak. 
Oh, I'm sure Luke would have brought it up during his initial training. It's oh, like, true. You know, yeah. you know, that, e- even Darth Vader came back to light at the end. Yeah. Yeah. Well, but the other actually, thing, too, is it has even, even, even does even the, what do you call it? Even the Emperor says to, to Luke, you know, you know, you know to, to kill him, like, you know, fully embrace the dark side yeah. that, that, that truly is there. The idea of killing your father, kill him. And Luke's, no, that, you know, that will not do this. You know, and what happens is that the emperor is like, fine, I'm going to kill you. You know, and and it took that love of his son that he had to find inside of him that had been yeah. buried and truly hidden away by the dark side. That that you know, all that hatred, he had to dig through that to say, "Fuck, you ain't doing that, my kid." You know, kind of thing. Um, you know, after he was ready to kill him, he was ready to kill him. You know, over well, that, and over hey, again. That's, and that's, that's that's hey, that's one of the things in the Star Wars drinking game. Drink anytime Vader <laughs> runs into one of his kids and tries to kill them. <laughs> uh, it, it's, it's also it's, it's also isn't it a double it take two, take two drinks if uh, if uh, if uh, you have uh, siblings trying to get on it or something. No, it, it, it's it's no the, the it, it's take two drinks if he doesn't realize it's his kids when he's trying to kill them also. <laughs> yeah. So, but I'm saying is, but the, I, and you see that, and that, and that truly is why you know, like when you he, uh, you know, uh, Ben kill, uh, um, you know, Han, and you're like, oh, okay, this is exactly the choice that Luke had. It reversed a little bit, but it's exactly the choice: kill my father, right? Complete what I have been doing, or don't. And and to wholly be like, I need you, and he kind of, I need you here. What I he, why do I need? He needs you to get close so he can kill you, because he doesn't kill him in some epic battle. He kills him face to face, up close, and in like just it's not it's could it have been Han shooting the blaster? Oh, he's coming at him. Whatever. No, that that would have lost all meaning. He's got to kill him close. It's got to be tight. It's yeah. got to be that closeness. And before you know, that, Kylo even s- says, can you help me? And he's giving him the lightsaber, like, just end me now. This is what I got yeah. out of it because I'm yeah. struggling here. And yeah. when Han hesitates, it's like, well, <laughs> yeah. that's well, but, it. But I, th- I, th- I think that truly is what they're going for there is, is that inside uh, Kylo knows that his father will never strike him down, that the yeah. fa- his father will never kill him, right? Um, because his father is as, as much of a scoundrel as he might be, he's ultimately, you know, on the he's ultimately a part of the light. He's part of the guys who are, you know, fighting for the what's right in the sun. And he says, shows me as soon as you won't do it to me, well, I'll surely do it to you. Yeah, and I think that's another where, reason that Solo took off and just knew that he couldn't deal. He's like, I can't do what I need to do to save exactly. my son, basically. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Which is the I mean. <laughs> It is. It is truly the the you know. And you look at the the relationships. Obviously, you know, you're talking about fathers and sons, and there's a lot of that. Those things that come through, when you you see, you know, where Luke decides is willing to sacrifice his life to not kill his father. Yeah. Kylo is now saying, "Well, you know what? I'm going to kill you," and I think that's what resonates sometimes um, with we you know uh, trying to make it you know it it's similar but not the same you know kind of thing it's got to have that that feel to it so well i um, think uh, i, I think also han luke uh, saw that leia like still was holding out hope but han wasn't but i think yeah. han was the pragmatist and knew that that kylo was gone 
Right, and, but uh, still can't kill his own son. I mean, killing your own son is it's, it's such a it's such a crazy idea. You know, that's why I feel thing. like it was kind of like a sacrifice that he he knew yeah. that he was going to die and that he had to. He almost Han knew that he had to die to to dash Leah's hopes about it. You know, um, yeah, yeah. That final yeah, well, it's, that, it's was, a, it's, that was it's, Han knowing he was coming back. I think. Well, you know, it's a suicide gambit. You know, he, he throws yeah. himself out there knowing, like you say, Scott, if if he dies and Leia knows that. That their son can't be saved, and if by some miracle he does, yeah, you know that he he's made the ultimate risk for that reward, you know. Yeah. yeah. But uh, I mean, we we all we all thought it. We're all sitting there in the theater. As soon as he walks out on that catwalk, it's like, oh no. I you know what <laughs> I, I I was kind of split. I'm like, maybe they'll do the redemption right here, and it's gonna be this big pile on against against Snoke and somebody else. Yeah. But then it was. Once that lightsaber was in his hand, and yeah. the and the Star Killer finally pulled all the light out of the sun, I was like, "Oh no!" Which was yeah. another bold move because you would think the logical step to kill off Han Solo was would be to be doing something very heroic. He know, was saving something much. heroic. He, he was, was trying to but, save yeah. his son. Well, I know. He's given a hero's a, death. Falcon into the Death Star. But he's not- that. Yeah, I, no, I see what Scott's saying. He's not he's not doing any daring do. He's right. not the way that, oh, that, right. that, um, that he wanted that. Um, I hate to say it. I thought about it in this context. You know, Captain Kirk got killed by a bridge and Han Solo dies falling off a bridge. The difference is that Han Solo was not fighting with two other old guys over a remote control. <laughs> yeah. uh, True. With props to Andy Leyland because once he said that, it's forever stuck in my mind. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, well, Han Solo I mean, really. Han Solo died the way Obi Wan died. Yeah. He sacrificed himself for a greater good. You know, it it yeah. may be greater in that it saves his son, or it may be greater in that it gave the impetus to Ray to finally except the force. Yeah. But he could, he did the sacrifice, he just didn't disappear at the time. Could we say that is the ultimate culmination of his arc from scoundrel to true hero? Because yeah. he's sort of just along for the ride in Return of the Jedi. Yeah, he he went from being so selfish that he's willing to just shoot someone to get on with what he has to do with his day to yeah. sacrificing himself possibly to save his son. Well, and even Ray and, and Finn, I mean, he knew he was sticking his neck out by even, you know, eventually giving them a ride to the Resistance. So. Right. <laughs> Which he was trying not to do because he knew of the risk, but, you know. Can I, can I briefly touch on one of my favorite things in the entire movie? Yeah. Um, Wookiee Raid. Yeah, oh, I was just thinking that, too. This that is, is the is best perfect. Chewbacca yeah. in any of the movies. It really is, yeah, yeah. Oh and he did. He was all out of fucks to give. He was. Start, he started blowing up shit, and I don't even care if we get off at this point. He <laughs> just like, killed my I, boy. I make it out of this building. Yeah. or may not. Click. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you just killed my boy, I, man. It's, I yeah. remember thinking a few months ago. I was like, wow, you know, Chewbacca's really prominent in all the marketing. Yeah. And, and I wondered what that meant. Did that just was well? They're just trying to tie in the old, you know, the original trilogy or whatever. But. You know, it was, it was, you know, but Chewbacca was everywhere. And I think, you know, that that he's meant to be there and to be part of this story going forward. 
and um, and yeah, this was uh, this was the best Chewbacca yet. I mean, having seen the movie a couple of times, I like he he's got more standout moments, lines, and and just uh, presence. I think in yeah. this movie it's, than he did it's, in the other movies. It's also a thing now. His life debt is paid. Yeah. So if he's sticking around, it's because he wants to be there. Yeah, and he's he's yeah. still co-pilot, man. I, I think you know, from just a practical point of view, he's the one from the the original trilogy that they can keep using. Because oh yeah, <laughs> could be anybody. Sorry, under Peter, but we don't have to put you in the suit anymore. Right. Um, yeah. <laughs> Good, because that but, poor and, guy is old. Yeah. 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 He is. Well, and and the thing with if if Chewie does stay around, it makes sense because what happens to him two thirds of the way through Empire? He goes from being Han's pal to now he's going to defend Leia no matter what. Yeah. He's Leia's pal too. And if Leia and, says, Chewie, I need you, he's going to do it. You know? So he's good. So I'm saying it when, 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 when Leia and Chewie see each other, that, you know, that, that to me is very sweet because it's like, of course, because Chewbacca was her protector. One, yeah. That's what he says. You got to protect the princess now, buddy. You know? So well, that, why, why didn't he go up to say hi to Luke too at the end though? That that's a little strange. You know, it's like he hasn't seen his buddy Luke in a while either. But, but, and, and that's and that's the other thing, Dave. <laughs> you were talking about Chewie's all over the marketing. It's one of those things like the droids. Everybody likes Chewbacca. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like Chewie. It's like oh, Chewie's an old friend. Everybody loves Chewbacca. So yeah, 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 he's never he's never done anything in any of the movies to be like oh, that's a dick move. Like he's always there. <laughs> he always is doing whatever. Han's like, I gotta go get on, on the you know, the guns with Luke. Hey, Chewie, fly this thing. You know, kind of like got it, man. You know, problem. You know. Plus, Chewie <laughs> also has one of the mustache. Chewie <laughs> also has is is the recipient of one of the the absolute best sexually slanted lines from the Star Wars trilogy which is get in there you hairy elf i don't care what you smell <laughs> oh, oh. Nah, still not as good as but that that's speed you'll be able to pull out in time and, and that's proof we're in hour number three here kids yeah. no, hey, hero, hero you want to know my personal favorite my personal favorite sexually slanted rhyme from the Star Wars trilogy Get out of there. Get out of here, Biggs. You can't do any more good back there. Okay. <laughs> it's Wedge. Excuse me. Get out of here, Wedge. You can't do any more good back there. So we should give props to Mr. Bill Robinson and his role in the movie as Snaps Wexley. What? Uh, what? That's the guy's Porkins name? Junior. Yeah, yeah. Porkins Greg the name in the movie was Snaps Wexley. Porkins' illegitimate child, yeah. Snaps Wexley. Yeah. Um, and is the spitting image of, uh, of Mr. Uh, Dr. Bill Robinson. Um, now, I'll tell you was, what, that's about the only thing, I, I hate to say it, that's about the only thing that like took me out of the movie briefly was seeing some of J.J.'s, you know, Lost Pals show up. Because um, there was uh, one of the doctors from Lost um, and, and Snap, you know, Greg Grunberg yeah. there. Um, they're all buddies of his, they're in most of the things he does. And that me, just kind of... Let me ask you a question about that. In that scene in the briefing room, for the resistance, where we see Akbar and Neon Numb and uh, you know uh, uh, Matt Matt from Heroes and uh, the guy, the Doctor from Lost. Uh, now there there is a guy there. There's one of the officers there. Is a tall guy. He's got snow white hair and a full white beard. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Anyone yeah. else think that was General Maydeen? Or Santa Jedi. Claus? <laughs> no, not no, not, no, but but Akbar is there and yeah. Nine is there, and there's a there's a general, 
and he's got a full beard and 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 a, and a decently long head of hair. It's like I could have sworn that was General Maydine. It could be, you know? and that's what I figured Max von Sydow maybe was was like one of the old generals from the original trilogy. Right. Um, but not, the name they I don't remember what it is off the top of my head, but the name of his character isn't anything I recognize. So. Yeah, but then but then uh, they uh, I think Finn calls the older guy Major. So it's like, okay, well, if he's a major, maybe it's not General Maydean, but it would have made Deuce sense. Leia and got demoted or something. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I mean, but, but that would have made sense if Akbar is there, and the Eindum is there, and Leia is there. It's like, okay, these were the the the, the, the ranking of officers of the, 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 the Rebel Alliance right before it became the Republic. So it makes sense they would be the ones that Leia would go, hey, we're putting together a private army. You in? You know? Yeah. We're framing OJ. Yeah. Freeman OJ, Freeman OJ, Freeman OJ! And, uh, any of the uh, peripheral novels or comics say what happened to Mon Mothma? Did she, like, off herself when she realized she fucked things up, or what happened? She's on the space commune. She's stripping yeah. somewhere. Yeah, well, like I said, she... Oh, hello. Whoa. Where the hell's that come from? I don't know. Oh, it's gone That's now. Gremlins, man. has got a man. bad motivator. Yeah, we got a lot of gremlins tonight. I, I, I believe she was still, like, I, I, and someone may correct me on this, but I want to say that I read that she was still kind of the, like, the, uh, I don't know if she was the chancellor or whatever they called themselves in the Republic, but I think she was still in charge when they got blowed up. Oh, yeah, it could oh, be. Yeah. Um, and which maybe Wedge be, Antilles be... was there, too. He finally must have bought it somewhere along the line. Yeah. Nah, man. He's, he flew his X-Wing. He's out flying. Oh, let's talk about the last battle, I guess. Um, You know, Death Star uh, Mark III, I guess we could call it, in the Starkiller base. Um, And good seeing, kind of good seeing the the X-Wings and and the TIE Fighters again. One of the little problems I have is where are the fuck are the rest of the ships? We don't have TIE Bombers or TIE Interceptors or A-Wings, Y-Wings or B-Wings in the future of Star Wars. I just felt like it seemed a little less diverse ship-wise as it could have been. Uh, classic X-Wing versus TIE Fighter battles. Right, yeah. That's, that's fine with there. me. Yeah, I mean, uh, clearly we're going to have to see a few more ships in the new one, but it, it almost yeah. felt a little small. It felt like, you know, the uh, the resistance... The resistance is supposed to be small, but it felt like the First Order had, like, one Star Destroyer. What was that, Dave? I think that was restrained from the toys here. Yeah, I mean... Well, but... Yeah, but you don't remember uh, uh, vehicles don't sell as well nowadays. Well, that's just crazy talk. I don't know. No, it, it's it's actually <laughs> no, the god's true. No, it's true because I was going to go out yeah. the next day and buy Poe Dameron's X-wing, and it's like forty-five dollars. Nope, sorry. Yeah. It's not it's not where it used to it's not where it used to be where you bought a figure and a vehicle. You know. Yeah. But uh, no, I I agree. It it for well that that's the thing. The the Star Killer is giant, but. It's all. It's. It seems like it's. It's. It's more in line with the uh, the Death Star fight from Star Wars than from Jedi, yeah. which the one in Jedi was bigger because it was. It was both fleets, you know. So yeah. it was really a big engagement. Whereas this is, we'll have to destroy them ship to ship, you know. It was very kind of close quarters type stuff. Um, and 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 again, but but like the fight in Jedi, we're splitting our attention. In Star Wars, we're watching the fight at the Death Star. You know, yeah. it's yeah. it's ship to ship combat. It's in the trench. It's making the run against the the battery guns. Whereas in uh, Jedi, we're splitting between the Moon of Endor and and the Throne, the throne room, room and the fight. 
So here it's kind of the same way. We're splitting between the different stories so it doesn't get as much attention as the Death Star fight does in Star Wars. I mean, I still enjoyed it. I thought it was really well shot. I think there's some, there's, uh, you know, there's just, it's really put together technically, very sound. And again, like you said, Hero, it's X-Wings versus TIE Fighters. If that doesn't bring you back, you know, nothing will. Oh, definitely wrong with X-Wings but, but to, but to, but to get back. to Scott's point, but to get to what Scott said, even the fight in the original one had Y-Wings. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah, it's almost like, I mean, those were the bombers, basically. And it's almost like they've, they've kind of super up, you know, souped up the uh, X-Wings a little bit to take both roles, which is fine. That's logical, you know, streamline your fleet, I guess. It goes uh, against every. It goes against every te- modern teaching of air superiority, but it does make sense. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, space fantasy. You know, who makes a ship that you know looks like a bow tie? After all, you know, not exactly the most aerodynamic thing in the world. Which I doesn't matter like in space, that, but uh, we got to fly in an atmosphere now. I did like that the Tie Fighters had um, the new ones have two seats. I thought that was neat. Yeah. Yeah. They finally got a separate gunner station. I thought that was. Got to have a Rio, man. Yeah. <laughs> yes! <laughs> I want somebody to do a fan film of that. I want somebody to just superimpose Mav and Goose in one of the TIE Fighters or one of the X-Wings and see the canopy not go up hey, all the way. Goose, you big stud! That's me, honey! Take me to bed or lose me forever! Show me the way home, honey! Hey, on yeah, well, Paul... Well, that's what they're calling Poe Dameron online is Bro Dameron, you know. That's oh yeah. Hey, him man, and Finn those two the, can bro it up all day long. <laughs> there was more heartfelt camaraderie between the two of them when they reunite at the Resistance base. Then it, it was a little, uh, you know, a little like, rock we, free. We, well, look, they like like look. We shared a very intimate Tie Fighter flight yeah. out of there, <laughs> and now they're sharing clothes. Yeah. And now you wear you wear the jacket. It looks good yeah, on no, you. Yeah, buddy. It looks good it's on good you. On you bro. Good on you. Ooh, well, it does of look course good on he's you. gonna be like bound to Poe. Poe gave him a name, his clothes. <laughs> yeah. Like, come on. Yeah, it's like I want I want I want the two of them <laughs> to go back. I want the two of them to go back, and I want them to act out all the scenes between Anakin and Padme in all three prequels. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Still be a better love story. Yeah. Well, that's it's a awesome. gross. I have to, to uh, hate how the sound it worse. The sand gets in my, my box. Yeah, well, they got to go run through the sand and jump up and down and hug each other like Apollo. Yeah, in short shorts. Like Absolutely. Rocky III, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. exactly. Yeah. Well, I'm saying, Poe could have given him shoes. You've given Toby shoes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Poe, the Finn had shoes. No. Oh, God. I, I don't even like Harry Potter, and it's a reference to Harry Potter. Yeah. So. Oh, the house of Dobby. It's Dobby. Yeah. Dobby. Sorry. Oh, See, that's he how little a, I know. Sock. He gets a Poe sock. Socks. Yeah, I followed you, though. Jason. <laughs> Get your Harry <laughs> Potter right, bro. Do you even <laughs> Harry <laughs> Potter, bro? I don't even like Harry Potter. I've, thank God Rift Tracks made fun of it. So. <laughs> uh, what do we think of no, We're so far there, afield guys. right now. Our, our, our force exposition. Person Maz there in our canteen owner. I, I dug it because with yeah. that one character, and we had a Star Wars reggae band. So how can you go wrong right. there? Was there great. ain't nothing that nothing yeah. wrong with that. That Star Wars reggae. I like best, that Wookie. Where is my boyfriend? Is, she uh, was, Simon Pegg is one of the aliens in there. He's the big no, Simon, no he's the big fat guy on Jakku that has yeah, the he's, portions. He's the, 
Yeah, he's the junk dealer. And which Daniel is, Craig which, is the one who gets the 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 force mind whammy uh, from yeah. Ray. Yeah, yeah, that was funny. That was a funny scene. No, but I, I thought I thought that Maz actually was realized really well, and she she doesn't she's not um, obviously there's more going on with Maz than we're going to find out in this uh, in yeah. this film. Which is, again, like I said, that that's kind of the story of the picture. But I, I, I the idea that she's very 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 old and she's seen a whole lot kind of lends into what we were saying earlier about Max von Sydow that we we might yeah. start seeing some actual flashbacks here now whether they're like like Ray got when she got the force flashback when she touched the the lightsaber yeah. or whether yeah. they'll be you know hey time for a flashback well, you know? it made me feel like they were almost toying around with a little reincarnation you know ideas in that you know that I see different eyes and or the same eyes in different people or that actually made me think that maybe Finn is Calrissian's kid because, you know, maybe he would have stopped by there with Han sometime. You know, if Han Solo is running Maz Kanata, you know Calrissian's probably been there too. So, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if I've been that, but I think it's just she's been around the block a few thousand times. Yeah, Not yeah. in terms of that way, but just in terms of life. So she's seen everything come and go in a thousand years, yeah. and she yeah. can just read people. And interestingly enough, guys, um, I was reading in the, the Art of book that they didn't have time to do it because they were in a pinch, but I guess she was supposed to be another puppet. Oh, yeah. So, um, yeah, mm. and just while I mentioned it, just if you guys get a chance, get a hold of that Art of book because there's a lot of interesting uh, side notes and tidbits in there, especially roads that they were contemplating going down but ultimately didn't take. So, Now, is there been any kind of... Um, like official talk about where you know how they deviated from lucas's original ideas on this i mean i haven't read anything about it myself but i mean obviously there was the lucas version of what this should be and they cherry-picked it but i guess they went in a few different directions. you know in the art of book there is a, the art of book actually proceeds chronologically Mm-hmm. Um, through time, starting all the way back to where they didn't even have a script, and they basically got the art department together and just had them starting to throw anything against the wall yeah. and see what they liked, including Darth Talon, of all characters, was popping up in the mix for a while there. Um, they did they did mention, though, that at one point that they received the treatments from Lucas, but other than that mention, that you know, it didn't really come up again. So. I'm sure they'll be pretty kind of reticent to release that any time quickly it'll get released you know the internet god bless it but uh, i'm sure they don't want the comparisons they're they're getting enough of them to the the prequels and positive ones luckily but yeah the critical review in the in the box office means they never even need to touch on it's like you know what we made the right decision right yeah exactly yep Yep. (laughs) i you know i know it's it's getting late so i mean i'm just i'm curious as the 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 setup for this movie is so dark it really is. I mean, there are some. There's a lot of lightness in the movie, and it, it is a and it is about these characters' journey towards the light or pulling away from it. Mm-hmm. But you're ending your beginning of your new trilogy with a disheveled Luke and a dead Han, yeah. and a bad guy who's coming into his own. Yeah. A lot of, How a lot of dark is the middle chapter of this gonna be? Yeah, unless yeah. they're doing. Yeah, and it's it's. It's bold, and I like it that they didn't kind of shy away from that at all. You know, I have always kind of thought that I liked some of the prequel battles, even though it was robots getting chopped in half. 
for like its brutality and like a little more it felt like a war and like just from the opening scene of I think it was maybe Dave that said it looked like, you know, storming Normandy Beach. Uh, they just set it up to really put you in that, yeah, this is fucking war. Uh, yeah. It's right there in the name. Um, no, I mean, I mean, Hero, th- you'll appreciate this because the first thing I thought of when thinking about, like you said, where do we go in the next chapter from here was the song Architecture of Aggression. Yeah. You know, ensuing power vacuum, a toppled leader dies. Time to pay with your ass. It's a worldwide suicide. The bad stuff. <laughs> is coming down the pike for what's going on here. You know, the like I said, the Republic and their fleet is gone. Whatever support the Resistance had, now they're on their own. And now you've got the First Order coming into their own. They've had a huge victory. They've done blown up the Senate, as we'd say back yeah. in South Carolina. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. they've done blown it up! Woo! But, uh, you know, and, and you've, like I said, you've got Kylo Ren. Now his training will be completed. You know, so it's like, damn. What the yeah. hell are they going to do now? <laughs> well, yeah, and they I set up that's... a bomb so big it's going to take out the entire expanded universe. Oh, wait, they did that. I'm sorry. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, it's funny. There's a line that Snoke said that I didn't really catch the first couple times I saw it. But he, he basically mentions, you know, like if Skywalker comes back, you know, he's going to, you know, the, his fear is that he'll reform the Jedi Order. Yeah. And so I think... That's where we're going. I, I mean, I, I kind of felt like looking at this movie that the that the bigger arc, I, I'm not sure if it's going to be so much the redemption of Kylo Ren as this is the story of the redemption of Luke Skywalker. Yeah. Ooh. And, and and his self-doubt and his and his not thinking, you know, that he can do it. You know, he obviously had a situation where he was training some people. Kylo fell in with the Knights of Ren, you know, monkeyed the whole thing up. Luke left. The First Order's risen up. And... So I don't know about you guys, but I I was always hoping in the prequels for seeing a bunch of Jedi kicking butt. And I you know, yes, that, I was just about to say that. Is this a, going to be a buildup of are we going to have a the Knights recruitment the drive at the end yeah. of Episode Two after things get really shitty? It's going to be like if you got any force power, we're taking you know we we need right you. right, and you know and 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 the end of episode two, notwithstanding, I, I never felt like I really got that from, from the prequel era stuff. And, you know, at one point Luke had apparently enough people to start forming a new order and there, and Snoke is still afraid of that. Yeah. And yeah. so I, I, I am, ho- I am hoping for, I don't know what you guys are hoping for in the movies. I was hoping, I was hoping in this one to see Luke show up and save the day. I'm hoping yeah. now for him to do the same thing in the subsequent film. And I'm hoping to see, lots of jedi again that's just something i've I've always wanted and i and i hope that that's where we're going let's keep going on that thread to try to wrap this up guys if you like our you know kind of predictions or you know theories of our own who we think ray is we think finn's gonna you know is he gonna come back part man and machine himself yes that dynamic he's Um, gonna go from wannabe to actual yeah yeah and um and just kind of give your final thoughts. And Dave, why don't you continue? Because you said you got a jet here soon. Oh, okay. Well, um, I mean, that that's that was the I would say the only thing I kind of had daydreamed about in this film that I didn't get was I kind of hoped that Luke would show up in the third act and kind of yeah. save the day. Um, but I, I kind of like the the narrative opportunities that it provides us to kind of have Ray be on a mission to kind of you know redeem Luke from his own self doubt from mm-hmm. you know and. And so, uh, Ray, you know, gosh, I still don't know who I think she is. All I know is that I like her character. Um, 
that moment where she pulled the saber out of the snow literally choked me up every oh, time. Oh yes, I saw it. yes. Um, it was just really good. I like you know, uh, I I loved that fight and that moment. I, it, from the moment we saw that first shot of Kylo in the snow and the and the trailer, I was excited about that. Yeah. That and and it and it came off perfectly. And so, I guess in the future, I, I guess that's what I'm really hoping for. I'm hoping for Luke to come back and kind of take center stage with Ray at his side. And kind of see that uh, a pair of Jedi working together type dynamic that I, that we haven't seen in a while. I would like to see that come into to play with Luke. That he doesn't have to be the only Jedi. That him and Ray can be together. And so, I guess I'm hoping that I don't want to see Luke die in the next movie. <laughs> right. If, if he's got to die, I'm hoping for Episode Nine. Yeah. Um, uh, but this was Han Solo's movie. And uh, I loved it, and I'm going to miss him, and, and hope that somehow he can kind of stay around in some way, shape, or form in our upcoming films. But I'm the new characters killed it. Uh, I'm excited to follow their adventures, and uh, this is I think we're in a great place as Star Wars fans. Looking forward to the future. Sounds good. Thank you, Mr. Right. Atterbury. I'm going to piggyback right on that. He's talking about Luke and Ray working together. That even more cements my thought of her being a Kenobi. It's going to be a Skywalker and a Kenobi palling around together Ooh, start the pool mode. i like it i like it <laughs> and if she's not a kenobi because uh, i think the skywalker thing is too obvious I, I i don't think they're gonna do that or she's gonna be the children of one of the people that got killed in the jedi temple massacre which is an easy way out but it makes sense right so um i also am madly in love with this new cast i am incredibly thrilled to see where this goes I am stoked that it is only 18 months away for that, but before that, I'm going to get a Star Wars Man on a Mission movie with X-Wings, and I say bring it on. Yeah, sounds good. Yep. I'm going to piggyback on what Hero said to keep that trend going. <laughs> not only are we going to get another a Star Wars heist movie about a man on a mission with X-Wings, it's directed by Gareth Edwards. Yeah, so oh, I'm nice. very excited <laughs> about that. Yeah. Um, what, I, what I'm hoping for I, I'm 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 hoping at some point when Luke is training Ray, Ray is going to say that she's not afraid, and he'll say, "You will be." Yeah. Ooh, um, that's a callback. They have to yeah. do. They yeah. have to do that, especially since she just fought Kylo. You know, I'm I'm hoping that uh, with with this new cast that they get their opportunities to produce the the moments that are really memorable and have always stuck with me in the Star Wars films have been the emotional ones. You know, I, I always the reason why Jedi is my favorite one is the emotion of it all, and I and uh, you know my favorite scene in the entire Star Wars trilogy is Luke and Vader talking on the surface of the moon of Endor. That's my absolute favorite scene in Star Wars because yeah. of the emotion of it. And I'm hoping that this cast gets their opportunity to make those scenes, those scenes that are memorable and stick with you because not because of you know uh, you know the, the effects or the fighting or the music, but of the emotion of it all. You know, and I'm, that's what I'm hoping for. Um, who is who is Ray? I have no idea because I agree with Hero. I think going there being Luke's daughter, it it seems almost like it's too like it's 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 everybody's guessing that you know. Yeah. And it's like well, we can't do that because everybody's gonna figure that. So I, I like your thought of it being uh, she being a Kenobi, but I have no idea. Uh, I I, I want to see more of Finn. I want to see Finn keep growing into this role as you know. I I you know he he took a big risk doing this and his courage in in the face of not only you know fleeing from the the first order but standing up to kylo 
that's got to change you. You're, you've, you've tasted that courage and that heroism. That's going to make you a different person. I want to see more of, of, of him and Poe and of Poe on his own. He's got this great kind of roguish thing going on, but we just don't get to see enough of him. And, and uh, to echo what my brother and I said earlier, I, I want to see Captain Phasma be a pissed off, uh, uh, take no, take no prisoners, bitch. In the next movie, I want her to to really be, you know, I was like, wow, I I got punked in the in the third act of this. I am not going to be punked again. So, Just see uh, her rolling I, up with like a squad of black stormtroopers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And flame troopers just burning, uh, burn it to the ground. You know, that's what I'd like to see. But I I like the flame troopers. Uh, so I said, I, it it it's you said it it's. It, it's it's my friend Adam made a good point. He said it's he's so happy to be excited about Star Wars again. Yeah, because yeah. for me the last time I was excited about Star Wars was walking out of Attack of the Clones, because to me it presented oh my god all the stories we can tell now, now that we for that movie now that we know how the Clone Wars have begun. Yeah, and we got that. We got Clone Wars, and we got the Clone Wars comics, and all that stuff that took place there in that wonderful storytelling engine. Well, now we have it again. All the Senate is gone. There's this power. Excuse me. This power vacuum. The First Order is on the rise. The Resistance is on their heels. All the stories we can tell. So that that that's what's got me excited for what's coming uh, down the line in these films. Gene, you uh, <laughs> you you know weren't a huge. 100% lover of this. What, what what can they do in the next one to redeem themselves, I guess, I, in your eyes? Well, they have to treat Luke right. They have to bring Luke back as, okay, fine, I'm back. I'm going to kick the First Order's ass. I'm going to you know, have the Jedi rise, which is what you know Snoke was so afraid of. Ultimately, what I would like to see, and I'm not going to speculate on Rey because as far as her parentage goes, I would prefer none of the above. Yeah. I would like it not to be a three-family universe. But I would ultimately like to see her be the, the hero at the end is not going to the dark side. Because if you think about it, in episode one, Obi-Wan pulled the dark side to defeat Darth Maul. Yeah. Anakin, well, Anakin just went to the dark side. In Return of the Jedi, Luke went to the dark side to beat down Vader and then finally pulled back. I want to see Rey as the ultimate hero never touching the dark side and just winning by the power of the light alone. Nice. I'm going to jump on and do my little wrap-up here, I guess. Um, so, yeah, I had a few problems with this, but ultimately it was a great Star Wars film and a great kickoff to a new generation of fans. I'm very excited to see what Ryan Johnson's going to do with it. Um, if you haven't seen Looper, um, check it out. It's, it's a really good movie and complex, and the guy can can direct some complex action and, and storylines. I'm very confident about that. Uh, I know JJ's kind of whining now that he didn't he, he gave up directing duties on the next two, but I, I think that's going to be a good thing. I think JJ eased us back into it. Uh, in a very good way, and I, I really I'd love to see other people's visions of it too. Though that's uh, the thing I really wanted from new Star Wars is is a new vision, and uh, you know, a continuation of the universe we know, but but something that we can go forward with. I would have been really fine with this movie having a completely different enemy, and maybe that'll even come into play. I'm hoping that you know maybe we'll see some other factions come out of the woodwork. 
and uh, and challenge our heroes. Um, loving the cat- the characters. I'm gonna throw out kind of a crazy fan theory here about Ray. If she's not a Skywalker or not a Kenobi, think about this. Maybe Luke's uh, little quest. Now we're not really sure on the ages of like Ray and Kylo. They seem pretty similar in age. He might be a little bit older, maybe five to ten years. <clears throat> but what if Ray herself was, you know, if if Snoke ends up being Darth Plagueis, which is a possibility, um, but also almost seems too easy as Ray being Luke's daughter would be. Um, but what if Ray is like, like Anakin, like she's a virgin birth through oh, please, No, no, but no, I, you no, know, no, I, no. It could be though. I mean, if they, if they're gonna, if he's gonna be Plagueis, and that's gonna tie into it, I gotta think somebody might have come up with that. I wouldn't be too against that. I mean, but what if it was Luke that created her? What if he had to go off and find this Jedi Jedi artifact or knowledge that kind of skirts the dark side? You know, to create the ultimate next chosen one that's going to bring balance to the Force. Said just my crazy fan theory. And so, what if she's false. Luke's test tube daughter? Is that what you're saying? Kind of, because uh, you know, if if the first three movies are still canon, then you can't completely ignore the midichlorian thing. I don't, unfortunately. Yes, I can. <laughs> I, can, I, can yeah. I can ignore it. Head canon, damn it! But I mean, if I, I always play. I always like the. I always like the theory. I always like the theory about the midi-chlorians that Qui-Gon Jinn was just full of shit. That, 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 <laughs> yeah, that would be fine with me. I'd, he does I'd, have I'd, a particular set the, of skills. I'm personally in the <laughs> Luke's daughter camp. I'd be fine with that. You know, yeah, it's the easy, easy go-to, but I, I'd be okay with it because it, it makes the most sense at this point. I don't know if anything else would make sense that she's so adept in the Force, you know, without presumably any training, unless you know she got it as a kid and just forgot to tell anybody uh, <laughs> but um yeah looking forward to more definitely um despite my problems and my bias which were just ma- mainly plot choices loved it loved it loved it and gonna watch it many more times so yeah. pass it on to mr so, jack and eddie yeah the uh i mean i touched on some of it already i mean i truly i mean i would love to see the second you know the our, our next uh, film here completely the darkest one we've ever seen by no shred, you know, like everyone's getting killed. I mean, Luke comes back. They're trying to get this all together. But as Luke's, as, as my brother said, you know, Phasma's leading her crew. They're, they're annihilating, you know, women and children. They're just slaughtering people. There's no redeeming value there whatsoever. You have now, uh, uh, Kylo becoming the true, you know, completing his training, and now his Knights of Ren are just murdering people, and they're it cutting up. Definitely wasn't the... Disneyfied to use an overused word, but yeah. No, we didn't even see the logo. No, no. I'm just, I'm, yeah. I'm just saying is, I want to see him cutting it, and his entire focus is Luke. I'm coming for him, yeah. and it's just you are the last piece I need to get rid of. Now we know we see when 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 uh, obviously when Kylo sees Ray. There's that that he recognizes her, right? Yeah. So she doesn't have to be Luke's daughter. She truly could have been the one who escaped from him getting the whole thing killed. He sure. could have recognized her as being the one. How did she survive? She shouldn't have been here if she, because she doesn't remember, right? Where like you know, so 
well, that aside, but he truly knows that she is something beyond that. So he's coming for Luke because he has to end it. And then Luke obviously survives. But I'm telling you right now, I would love to see that, that completely bleak, there's no one going, where are we going to go? Because there's only one way to go from there. When you end the second one, that down, there's only one way to go is up. And then, then it's like, well, this is the showdown. And I'll be honest, I truly would. I mean, not that I, not that they need to kill everyone off, but if you're going to kill Han Solo, right? And then there's no reason that Luke Skywalker cannot die. I'm not saying you give him, you give him a hero's death, and he dies. And that, in, that rage that that you've seen come from all those that that's always been there. That Ray, instead of that rage bringing any of the dark side out in her. That she she stops herself and calms herself, and then it just all comes out, and the epic fight to end it all, right? The battle, the the the, the just just them lightsaber fight at the end, and have it be what do you call it? whatever it is? Like the Knights of Ren are trying to get in there, and she's just slicing them down because she's coming for because it's just in her eyes. There's that, but it's all the the the, the dark side must be stopped. That all we must stop it. And you know what? As bad as, bad as it might be. Here's a place where, at the end, you know, she she kills Kylo and she slumps over and she dies. I mean, it's a downer. They're not going to end it that way, but I guarantee you, ain't no one see that coming. Yeah, and no one's going to see her at the end. Full of sunshine tonight, Jason. Well, you know, dude, I am. I mean, you remember <laughs> the podcast you hear me on? Uh, but I'm some being serious here. But think He's about like that. This like all the like, time. I'd, I'd like to. I'd like to just say that this is normal. This is not him, like you know, <laughs> acting up for the show. He's always. You know, a ray of goodness and light and hope. Yeah, it's well, but I'm but I'm saying, but think about that. Like, it, it, it's truly not going to end that way. But if she made the ultimate sacrifice to to truly stop the dark side, she sat. And she, he's dead, and she says she slumps down, and 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 it can be Finn, it can be whoever. I mean, I would love for it to be Finn running up the going because the whole time in the in the movie, Finn's trying to like, come on, grab her. She goes, "Don't touch my hand. I don't need you." You yeah. know, kind of like, I don't need you. You need me. And that's really how this comes about. You need me. But the thing is, and this is one of the things I had actually read, people are like, well, you know, then why is she so happy that he comes back for, like, you know, she's an independent woman. She's Because she, she has never had a friend, yeah, someone who cared about her to come back. And that's what it could be. And he comes, and, and as she's laying there, and she's like, I did it. I have, I have uh, the dark side, and, and have it truly be the end. Is he's holding her, crying, you know? Not it's the reverse of the of um, the the death of Superman, right? Where Lois is crying, holding Superman's body, right? Here he is holding her as she's now given up everything to stop the dark side, to put an end to it. There's no more Darth, you know, the uh, Tyrannus, all of them. They're all gone. That's it. And it's now she's now saved everybody, and and it's it's kind of like uh, the fifth element, right? Like Lilu, you know, she gives her with love that is the end that saves them all. So right? at the end of the, the very end scene is going to be John Boyega and Daisy Ridley bumping and grinding in, in, in a tank, and then and then like people start <laughs> peeking in, like Tiny Lister there, you know. Um, no, what I'm saying is it's not going to end that way. I truly think that they're going to it, it'll she'll be Luke's daughter and, and whatever you know because again remember these movies are not that you have to uh, uh, you know appeal to the mass audience and 
they were people. I, I sat in a full movie theater when they revealed that Kylo Ren was was Hans and Leia's son. <gasps> I'm like, yeah. who who is surprised by this? I looked around him like, who is actually shocked by this? And then when 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 Han dies, people were like, well, no. I'm like, what do you mean no? I managed like, to give what? myself self amnesia every time I watch Empire though and find out about. Well, Luke. Later, but so. I'm saying, it's, I, it's, hey, it's hey like, I don't know, man. Like I said, I avoided all spoilers. I was pretty damn surprised when they said it was just okay. like, what? <laughs> yeah, but the thing is, like, it kind of was pointing that way. You know, I wasn't what I'm saying? sure like, which way they'd go. I thought he might be Luke's son at first. Okay, I, mean, I thought yeah, that was the more logical. But he's got to be someone's son. He yeah. wasn't I mean, like. Obviously. It wasn't, I mean, I tell you what. The one that really surprised me is when they revealed that BB-8 was the son of IG-88. That really. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even sure how that would work physically. And, you know. well, he interfaced with Slave One one time. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's exactly. cool. Uh, R2-D2, didn't he interface with the Death Star there? And it's like, what are you doing? I don't know. That's it. Yeah, that's it. Death Star and R2, that gave birth to BB-8. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's why they have such a... That's why uh, That's why uh, um, R2 wakes up there when BB-8 gets there. He's like, hey, son, you're back! Oh, yeah. shit! Yeah. You know? <laughs> so... I'm just saying is this, guys. I mean, I'll be honest with you. And, and, and again, and I've said this before, and, and if, you, if you go back and listen to the uh, Green Slime episode of Earth Destruction Directive, um, you heard me say the same thing before. Everybody, you know, you can like your own stuff. Whether you like this movie, don't like this movie, it doesn't matter to me. I like this movie. If you didn't like it, it's not a problem. You can have your own stuff. And, again, people like different things. And we've talked about this, and I know Luke is very passionate about this, too, is – whether you like it or don't like it, you know, having a discussion here, I mean, because we didn't all agree on every single thing here, it's okay. Having that discussion is important, and I think that's what why we do this, okay? Why, why are we, you know, all you know, spread across the country having this conversation, right? Because it's something that's important to us. And as someone who's not truly a fan of Star Wars as much as, let's say, horror movies or wrestling or something along those lines – this is still important to me. I still, you know, there's, I still have an opinion about that. And something that someone says, Hey, this is what I think. Bah, 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 bah. Well, that's a good point. And I can see your point. I might not agree with you. I might not like it. I might not like the way the next movie goes. I don't know. All I know is that we're going to be sitting there in 18 months to see that what happens to these characters. Why? Because oh, yes. we are, because <laughs> we put time into them and whether you liked it or not. And again, and I'm not saying, and it's not absolutes. That's the other thing too, that gets me. There Only are plenty a Sith deals in absolutes. Which is an absolute. Yeah. <laughs> right. It's an absolute statement. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. What I'm saying is the problem is this, is that there are movies, and we talk about this all the time, that we're like, man, that movie has whatever, and it's really good. Or this movie has this, which is not so great. But And, and, and truly, is there perfection at all times? I don't know. And, and if, if we looked at things that way, that it had to be perfect for us to like it, I, I just think you're, you're missing out on a lot of life. Okay, and here we're looking at a movie that is not perfect. I I like the movie. It's truly not perfect, but but the same thing. It's what it is, and and sometimes the imperfections are what make it, you know, the the what what we now have, and 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 those imperfections are what make it eventually, what either the staying power, or whatever. When you get pissed off at a movie, and that's what they want to do, they did their job. Yeah. You know, like, and not every job is to, not, not every movie is to make you happy. Sometimes the, the movies, you know, to piss you off. So, but be this as it may, I think, you know, we're looking at, uh, hopefully, um, two more films in this row. And then the, the ancillary films that are coming, right? The ones that are technically like, 
you know, the ones that are out of the the the, the trilogy here. Yeah, I think we're looking at a bunch of films that, if nothing else, we're going to be kind of awed by what they put on the screen. I mean, lots um, of pretty pretty explosions, that's for sure. Well, I think the, I, th- I think we saw it here, and and I think I think a lot of this, uh, if we look back to the the Lord of the Rings, the first we Fellowship, we saw stuff we had never seen before. Weta started doing stuff. You're like, wow, look what they can do, mm-hmm. and everyone's like. We got to catch up to them because we can't get away with Sharknado, you know, kind of effects. We got to actually have good stuff on the screen and nothing against Sharknado because it's funny. Uh, The whole point is you're starting to see that. I think we're going to start seeing them push that envelope and give us something we've never seen before. You know, fights, you know, uh, because you know it's coming. You truly know they're going to have to have not just X-Wings and TIE Fighters. You're going to start having like space battles and even battles on planets. They're going to be like, this is crazy. Oh yeah, like it's even more, and I think that pushing that, allowing people to kind of say, okay, you can get there. Hey, you know what? We have a, a generation of of kids who did not grow up, you know, knowing that there are there was only three Star Wars films. Right. Okay. You know, think about it. For a long time, we knew there were three Star Wars films. Yeah, and at one point, everyone knew the Earth was flat. Right. <laughs> Things changed. <laughs> Should we do our obligatory? That's the other thing we could look for when when Luke is training Ray. Maybe he'll ride in a little uh, little uh, backpack mm. like Yoda did. <laughs> I actually want to see. I actually want to see Kylo Ren in a backpack on Snoke's back. <laughs> you may see that. that yeah. Size wise, can, can you imagine that poor poor Ray, as skinny as she is, trying to carry like Luke's because you know he's kind of big. <laughs> so, oh, Master Luke, you're very heavy. Shut up and do a front flip. That worked for me in every fight I got in. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> should we, I was gonna say, should we go out with our obligatory spur of the moment ratings of the seven films? Oh God. <laughs> um, oh. Sure. Um, like uh, what, uh, order of uh, bestness. Uh, 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 order of order of uh, enjoyment, or what they mean to us. However you want to phrase yeah. it. I'll go. I'll go first because I've been thinking about it a lot. Ahead of time. <laughs> well, you know, everybody's gonna do it, so we might as well just do it and be done with it. Yeah. Uh, Empire, Jedi, Star Wars, Force Awakens, Avenger the Sith, and then the other two. I'm gonna I'm gonna just steal yours, Hero, because I think that's pretty much how mine play out right now. Yeah. All right. I what did you say? Jedi twi- second or was that Jedi there? Empire Jedi Star Wars? I'm I'm just gonna reverse New Hope and, and Empire on you, and and I agree with you after that. Oh, there's Cortana. Oh. <laughs> Master Chief is here. <laughs> No, my little personal assistant. Oh, yeah, oh, that's right. That's what they're calling her now. <laughs> Anybody else? My personal assistant just got up out of bed. My daughter just decided to come downstairs at 12, whatever time it is, and she's snuggling me right here. So, so I mean, let me just do this, guys. I'll put it this way. Um, I would have to say Jedi 1, uh, then, then New Hope, then, then uh, Empire. Uh, Force Awakens, uh, then then go what? Uh, what's the the Sith of whatever whatever Avengers episode Sith. three is? Revenge of the Sith, then the clones, and then uh, um, the first one there, episode Phantom one, Menace. Phantom Menace. Thank you, dude. I'm not great with all that. Put this way, I, I have a hard time calling it New Hope. Okay, it's Star Wars for Christ's right. sake. That's the name of the goddamn yeah. movie. Oh. So, <laughs> Luke, give us yours. 
I'm I'm gonna be uh, fairly similar. Jedi number one, then Star Wars, then Empire. As of right now, then Force Awakens at four, and then um, uh, Attack of the Clones, and then Phantom Menace and Revenge of the Sith. I, you know, it, right? Like I said, it, I've only seen it the one time, but it, it made a real impression on me. I, I, I've never walked out of a Star Wars movie going. Ugh. I've always been excited coming out of them, so I love it. Dave, you still with us? Yeah, I'm still here. Okay. Um, I would say, um, uh, just because of my age, Jedi is number one, because that was the one I saw in the theater that I can remember the most. Um, uh, number two for me is, um, I'm going to cheat. It's a tie between Empire and Force Awakens. Nice. So, um, and then New Hope. But, you know, that's like saying I like, you know, one of my kids just slightly more than the other <laughs> yeah. one. It's okay so, to say it. <laughs> She's my favorite. Don't tell the other ones. Um, <laughs> so, you know, and then I think, you know, it's pretty three, two, one, like everybody else. Yeah. Definitely. So. Mean Gene. Okay. Uh, you might be surprised, but it's going to be Empire, Star Wars, Jedi, Force Awakens, Revenge of the Sith, Attack of the Clones, Phantom Menace. <laughs> no surprise. <laughs> It, it's you know it's it took a lot of the bad taste out of our mouths for the uh, the prequels just from you know whether you liked them or not just the look of it was just amazing and just really really felt like Star Wars again. On that note, gentlemen, um, thank you for joining me tonight and uh, excited to be a part of it and may the force be with all of you. And also and with you. With you. you know. <laughs> and also with you. The boys did it. All the Catholics are. <laughs> <laughs> I knew I'd get that. If you shop at Amazon.com, please consider using the link at 2TrueFreaks.com to shop there. If you use this link to go to Amazon and then you shop, 2TrueFreaks gets a little cut of what you buy and it doesn't cost you anything extra. So you get to shop as usual and help out the Two True Freaks at the same time. Visit our website at twotruefreaks.com. Two True Freaks is always spelled T-W-O-T-R-U-E-F-R-E-A-K-S. You can email Two True Freaks directly at twotruefreaks at gmail.com. Two True Freaks and all of its excellent affiliates are available on iTunes, and you can choose to subscribe to either the entire network if you wish, or pick whichever individual shows you want to follow. We have so many shows to choose from, there's just bound to be one that appeals to your particular fandom. Just search Two True Freaks with an exclamation mark at the end, space, and the number two. You can find Two True Freaks on Facebook. Just search for Two True Freaks. If you ever leave your house and you actually have friends, why don't you tell them about Two True Freaks? If you've enjoyed our show, please, won't you take a moment to rate us on iTunes? That helps others find the show, too. Thanks for listening, and join us every Monday for new episodes of Two True Freaks. Freaks.